What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Batman in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every theatrically released Batman movie. I got to say, I'm a little sad. This is one of the last times we're going to hear that amazing intro by Carter Harrell. Thank you very much, Carter. For of now. Course, shout out to, to Cameron Kennedy for doing the, the visuals. And yes, for now, we got the Batman coming out eventually. We'll see when the decides to, to open up again properly and all that stuff. Uh, but today... We're talking about the Joker. Before I get into that, I want to let you know that this is Kind of Funny's In Review. I'm Tim Geddes. That is Greg Miller. we got the big dog, Kevin Coelho. <laughs> That's a that good was, one. That's that was a pretty good. good. <laughs> I'm upset at how good that was. We have Andy Cortez. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Oh, go, go. Clown. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so Bringing the energy back up. You can watch this show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get the show as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny reviews and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like james davis at james davis makes andrew feisner jeremy the zook zuccarello and the simply sassy crew did thank all of you for that uh and if you don't want to get the show ad free that's cool because we are sponsored today by what the golf it's no time which is available now exclusively on apple arcade but we'll tell you about that later let's get right into it we're talking about joker released october 4th 2019 which i am shocked by because that is not that long ago but it feels no. like forever ago sure does. directed by todd phillips who began his career in 1993 and directed films in the 2000s such as road trip old school starsky and hutch yep which nick oh, classics i need a movie. ruling on starsky and hutch from you i want to love starsky and hutch I really <laughs> but like you can't right I, you can't it's such and, a I, bad I, movie I went and watched it. I think I watched it like six months ago. It's fine. It's not. It's just <laughs> kind of a missed opportunity. You're Starsky crazy, dude. It's Real no quick. Dukes of Hazard. I'll tell Real you Real quick, that. Kevin said those no, are bad it's movies. It's way better than Dukes of Hazard. It's way Shut better than Dukes up. of Hazard. That's for sure. Lies. I have to decide with Andy on this one. Lies. Is Road Trip Broken a bad Lizard, movie? Baby. I remember Road Trip being good, but again, I haven't seen I it through it the filter of Nick well. as an adult. Yeah, I loved oh, Road Trip at the time. I doubt the time. Yeah, I doubt Road Trip, trip aged well. I'm sure there's like a lot yeah, of like homosexuality. Like yeah. But at the time, I always enjoyed Road Trip and it was one of the more quoted movies but I mean on my friends. That was one of those I two that like everybody had that DVD. That was a DVD that oh, was yeah. like quintessential if you were our I age. Mean, like somebody bought that. Was American Pie many not? Times you say unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury. <laughs> <laughs> unleash the fury. <laughs> I love what Tom Green sang to the, the mouse. <laughs> When he like puts it, it in his mouth, mouth. yeah. yeah it's so uh, I think there's a moment of visible like, why the fuck am I on this show? When I had Anthony rap on We Have Cool Friends, and like he he's been in Rent, he's done all this amazing on Broadway stuff, and I'm like, let's talk about Road Trip. He's like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah Road okay. Trip. I was yeah, in that okay. too. The paycheck uh, movie. <laughs> remember, remember when uh, there was that creepy guy that was like sucking on uh, Amy him? Smart's toes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is Todd Phillips, the director of the movie. Oh yeah, he also has yeah, a cameo. That's in totally, old totally normal. He's, yeah, he's the guy cool. who shows up for the gangbang, the orgies, yeah, or the yeah. Yeah, gangbang. Uh, he also directed School for Scoundrels, and then he came to prominence in the early 2010s for directing the Hangover film series. Uh, this the, movie, you know, go for uh, it. It's I'm sorry, do do the rigmarole for the the. Go for it. Okay, yeah. uh, budget of 70 million dollars, a box office of a staggering over a billion dollars the first r-rated movie in history 
to make a billion dollars. Director Todd Phillips stands to earn up to $100 million from this film due to his Jesus participation Christ. deal that the movie has. Good for I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, right? It's not going to do that well. Of two hours and two minutes uh, for awards, Joker received numerous accolades at the 92nd Academy Awards. The film earned a leading 11 nominations, including Ooh. Best Picture and Best Director, winning Best Actor for Phoenix, who became the second actor to win an Oscar for portraying the Joker following Heath Ledger in 2009, and Best Original Score for Hilder Guadner's uh, score. So good. Phoenix and Guadner also won at the Golden Globe and BAFTA Awards ceremonies. Go for it, Nick. I'm just like so impressed by Todd Phillips with this because obviously like, I mean, this is a 180 from what he's done prior. And they always say like comedy is probably the hardest medium to do. And for a guy that, you know, can hang his hat on both the Hangover series and Old School, which are two movies that are still hilariously ridiculous today. Like, it's just so impressive to me that he was able to step into this and just knock it out of the park. As far as as far as like the the drama of it and nailing the tone and just getting across what he wanted to get across thematically. Who here has seen this movie before? This in review. So everyone except me and I, 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 I saw around the first thirty minutes of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got too scary. Had to leave. No, I told this story. I was at my friend's house. Uh, I was back home uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. We don't play no games now. RGV. Yeah. And we start we started this movie and he was like, Yeah, he was like, Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Check it out. And we started about 30 minutes in. And then he kind of left the room and walked <laughs> he put back face in. Paint on him. <laughs> he came back he left in. the room. He left the room and he walked back in and was like, Hey man, um, I'm gonna go to um there's like some party happening. And I was like, Oh, all right, well, I guess I'll just leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just left. <laughs> Why didn't you go up. to the party? Because yeah, it was like with a bunch of his like coworkers that I don't no, fucking know. Like I don't know who these people you know, are. Greg, I'm very seldom wrong. You know, and we we've talked about this a lot on this channel. Where I'm, I usually knock into the park. I got a, you know, I'm <laughs> we do talk about this a lot on this we channel. Do. How Nick we is re- seldomly wrong, but I remember except for all the episodes we have of him apologizing for things he's done. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, never wrong on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny. But it's one of those things where I remember when they announced this. I think I was pretty negative on it. And I, I remember, th- I remember, I think we were doing the morning show back when this was announced, and sure. I was like, well, we don't need this. This seems weird, and I, I and I'm like. Hey, Martin of Scorsese. Hey, Todd Phillips. Like, stay in your lane. You don't understand the comic book genre. We've got the Dark Knight, okay? There's no possible way you guys could do anything that rivals that. And I'm not saying that this does, but I think this takes it in a completely different direction. And I, I, when I sat down to watch this last year, I think when it came to On Demand, man, I was just, like, blown away by what they did with the subject matter. And I, I owe Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese a huge apology for that. Not for how much I hate The Departed, because that still is a garbage movie, it's but for the fact take. that... I doubted them, and sure. they actually came at us correct on this one. Well, so I actually have a question about that. What sure. did Scorsese have to do with it? Because that was something that I remember him being heavily involved. And then when I'm looking into it now, it seems like he left the project fairly early on. I Yeah, I don't know. I remember him executive producing it, but then you're right. I think when we when you watch it, he has nothing to do with it. I remember I, I remember him just kind of shepherding the project through. Yeah, I think I think he just helped get the project made, but I think he left it. I don't know. Nick, I but, I think one reason why you were so down on it was when the the news was coming out about what the movie was going to be about, and we were kind of leading up to it. And at one point, Todd Phillips says, "I'm not going to do a Joker story that's been done before. Like, I'm not coming from source material. I'm not using right. anything like mm-hmm. that. Th- those are some of the stories that leaked early on, and all of us kind of said." 
well, this is probably going to be good then. Like, we'll see how this works out, Todd Phillips. Um, well, it was. I know, remember. I remember having those discussions on on earlier morning shows back in the day. It's one of those things where you talk about, right? This is a movie that didn't need to be made. We already had. We already have great interpretations of the Joker. This is not the first time we've brought this character to like to, to the silver screen. So I remember thinking, like, this is a movie that's going to be. It's it's going to be about the Joker. It's not going to have Batman in it, or at least we didn't think it would have Batman in it. It just seems like a weird one-off side story that we just don't need right now, specifically because we were like, you know, we're knee-deep in the Marvel movies and all those things. And I, we always talk about this where we always say, like, a good story, anything can be a good story if it's well-crafted. And to me, my worry was that they were going to try and make the Joker this, like, heroic character like they tried to do with um, Suicide Squad. And I just don't think they did it very well with Suicide Squad. They did no, not try to make... bad guys. They were close, though. They were close. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were close. I, Slipknot, man, I really hit like, me. He I hit me right in the field. I'm like, this guy's got it. He understands. But I, 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 I think they really decided... I think they decided to go with this in a totally different direction. And you're watching a very, very dark, violent, um, very, very impactful film. And I think that was a smart choice. If I may, I'd like to... Say, I, I, well, if... Ke mm, Fine, you go, Kevin, then I'll go. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I, I kind of feel like they still tried to do that, though. Like, I feel like that a lot of this They didn't make is... him heroic. They made him uh, sympathetic yeah, to the point they, where... But they, they made him... I feel like they made him, like, this idol that is idolized by all the people in Gotham. And, like, that, for me, is where this movie is, like, its weakest. Where it's, like, how Gotham quickly adopts him and is, like so strong and behind like him getting pulled out of the car at the end it just seems like such a ridiculous scene that's you know like not very realistic to me yeah i can see that and i yeah. think some of that breaks the reality a little bit but i don't think they mm -hmm. tried to make him I, I i didn't i don't see him as a hero or an anti-hero i see him as the sort of like the face of a movement that is an incredibly violent yeah. movement but that needed to happen because and i think it fits like almost real life into the theme of like gotham needs purging gotham needs like gotham is the city overrun remember he drew from a lot of like those like the new york in the 80s where it was like garbage strikes and all that stuff is actual real you know events that he super rights all that stuff and so like I think it just you push it one step further and say, what would that be like in Gotham? And what would that be like in this world where you can go a little bit more surreal with it or a little bit more crazy with it as far as like how much you can push the bounds? Um, and I, I mean, I agree, like the ending of it does seem a little bit fantastical. Mm. Um, but isn't that I, the best part of this movie in a lot of ways? Like what I love about Joker and what we've talked about, because if you remember uh, back for screencast, it was me, Kevin and Joey, I think, who came to the table to discuss mm -hmm. it after we went to a screener of it. And then I went and saw it again and I haven't seen it. That was two showings back at launch. And this is my first time getting back into it and coming into it even with more of uh, the conversations that have stemmed out of it. What I think is so special about Joker is the fact that it's a film you walk away from and talk about. And I yeah. think you all have different interpretations of. And I think from, you know, the almost very beginning, if not the very beginning, they established that. You know, I think it's, you know, Arthur when he gets pulled into the TV to be on the talk show with uh, mm -hmm. Murray, right? <sighs> that this is surreal and things you're watching aren't happening and they go out of their way to drive it home with his girlfriend. That's not his girlfriend, right? Yeah. In the apartment building. But even there, there's a question of that confrontation that happens in the, the uh, apartment. Was that real too? Or was that not real? Or cause if she, what, how did, what was the ending of that? Like, right. And they leave it, it open to interpretation. Well. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, we go back in his room and there's sirens and lights out there. Are those showing up here? Did that all happen? And I think the whole movie deals has so many different things, which I know for many people is an out to sit here and go like, well, maybe that really didn't happen. But like, it is also that thing of, yeah, the, 
riots are really happening. Murray references in that and says that's happening on the show. However, is it really on every newspaper for 14 weeks or whatever the hell it is like that? And maybe it is. I don't know. And, you know, is the crowd that he's dancing in front of as big as that really is? Or it, did that happen at all? And he actually just did go to jail and he is in Arkham and that, that's him. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying these we are outs know. for it, yeah. but I enjoy that you sit there because I remember uh, the next day on the screencast or maybe it wasn't spoiler cast maybe, or maybe whatever it was. But I remember that thing of like, so do you think that he's Thomas Wayne's kid? Because obviously yeah, they say, no, he's not. She's crazy, yada, yada, right. yada. But then she has have. that line of like, no, he falsified those documents. Right. And it is that thing of like, well, Thomas Wayne does seem powerful enough to do Man. that. And do we believe that this that version photo. of Thomas Wayne yeah. is this like, yeah, exactly. The photo at the end, right? Of like, I love your smile or something like yeah. that or whatever it yeah. is, TW. And again, maybe that's a forgery from her. Like I, we're given so much like, information the, in here without any idea of what's real, what's fake. The idea that she was able to, you know, adopt a child and things like that. Like yeah. that, that was always the, the tell to me where I was like, that seems like that process would have been a lot more difficult yeah. to do um for her and and maybe he was and i love that by the way i love that we're getting an interpretation of thomas wayne as like a more you know uh, not black and white yeah, character. morally gray you know we always get thomas wayne who's like this like i'm a billionaire but i've chosen not to be a billionaire i've chosen to be a doctor instead i'm going to be altruistic and i'm going to let the better people smarter people run my company while i go off and save lives and in this one he's more he's just complete like he is em, he is emblematic of what the theme of this movie is right where he is just completely lost touch with reality of what everyday people are going through in this city. Well, I mean, he has that line where he calls him, right? Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I, w- I would say he's a, I would say he's a dick, but I would say he's also just ignorant, right? I think he comes from a world where he said, yeah. he tells people they've got to pull themselves up and make something of themselves, but that's a billionaire saying that, right? I mean, and yeah, like, it's know, what and, you're talking about where he calls uh, them clowns, right? right? And then the next interview they have with him is like, everyone's saying you called them clowns. He's like, I'm not saying everyone is, he has no PR, right? right? He doesn't understand yeah. how to deliver his message. And so yeah. I, I love that, and I love that we explore that. And I love – I just, in general, love the themes that are explored in this, right, which is that sort of, like, disenfranchised people, the the the, the disparity between the, 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 the rich and the poor or the middle class and how people have been forgotten and society has failed people. And then I also love that they touch on the themes of, like, the cycle of abuse and violence. And, man, I don't think I picked up on it until this last time I watched it, but the last shot where he's laughing and she's like, what are you laughing about? He goes, I was just thinking about a joke. And she's like, do you want to tell it to me? He goes, you wouldn't get it. And then it cuts to just Bruce Wayne as a kid standing over the body of his parents. And to me, I interpret that of like, it's just this cycle is going to keep going. It's going to keep going. And man, I said it before, but I would fucking love if they gave him a shot at directing a sequel to this, which is just called Batman. And that's, it's just about oh, Bruce sure. Wayne yeah. and, and when, what this did to him in a realistic standpoint and not have it be a heroic tale at all, have it be a tale of, you know, vengeance and, um, you know, actual vigilante justice and explore that too. I think that'd be really cool. This would be my first time watching the movie. I am surprised at how fine it is where I actually really liked the movie, but I don't think it's good. And I feel like that's kind of at odds with itself where I thought there was going to be a lot more discussion to be had. I thought there was going to be a lot more like interesting points and uh, that I was expecting moments that were going to be like, Oh shit, this is where it really jumped the shark in some people's minds. And I kind of failed to see those those bits and like what greg was talking about like not knowing what's real it's fake it's like that's the type of thing that i do think that there's a narrative in this movie like from the beginning to end it's like you can follow along and you're like okay cool cool things happen it's interesting enough and uh all the themes and stuff are touched on in, in ways that i think are things we haven't seen before from 
these characters and uh even though it's like similar but different enough and more grounded like even more grounded than uh the nolan trilogy but i think that when they add all of the is this real is this not real how heavy-handed the zazzy beats reveal of seeing all the times that he wasn't actually with her mm-hmm. i was like i really don't like that it's it's a little too much but afterwards i watched a, a video of people breaking down like theories and stuff of like what they what they think is real and not and there's actually a lot of evidence that you can kind of come up with some really interesting things to what nick's talking about at the end with the the batman idea and the whole want to hear a story or the the joke thing uh that going back to like heath ledger joker style of there is no one origin and it's like you wouldn't understand the joke it's every version of this story of this origin story is just him making something up and there's yeah, a shot cool. in the in that's the really movie cool. there's a shot in the movie uh pretty early on when he's talking to the therapist that she's like oh when you were uh at the hospital last time and it cuts and it's him in the hospital yeah you know what's happening real yeah, quick he, smashes, old, he smashes his head on the wall that's the only day. time we see him in that hospital till the end of the movie and he's wearing the same clothes and stuff and it's like uh-huh. this idea that was it like the, when they're it's at the, the Arkham State Hospital, yeah. is it really just Arkham Asylum? And is all of this just kind of, you know... Did he ever get of, out? Was he ever out? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the, the idea, when you look at it through that lens of this is a, a Joker that has potentially dealt with Batman, and this is his version of his Batman story of being a symbol. And to me, I'm like, that makes this infinitely more interesting, but that also makes it less good of a movie because it's like, well... That's yeah. kind of like the people adding stuff that I don't think that necessarily the directors were trying to like put in there. And I don't know. It's it's just it's funny because the movie ended and I was just like, that was cool. But I can't believe it won Academy Awards. Mm. Oh, I, I do. I'm I do. You, Tim. Sorry, go ahead, I, Eddie. I, I'm with you. I um, I think going into this, the Internet has been so divided on this movie. And I I feel like when the movie came out, people thought it was good and some people weren't into it. And then both of those sides said, you're an idiot for thinking that. So this movie then became the best superhero movie ever. And this movie became a fucking terrible film and one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I watched this and thought, you know, it's a good movie. I think it's fine, just like Tim says. But um, I think it has a lot of, like, edgy, pseudo fucking, like, intellectual type type of shit kind of just driven into this movie and i think it it remind there's a lot of parts in this movie that do remind me of like this whoever made this movie probably loved the boondock saints and like just wanted to make a movie and make it super dark and it's very like stereotypical in a lot of ways like that but um and, and i'm glad that a lot of the cheesier parts and cornier parts that i didn't like were sort of taken away because of the fact that oh none of this none of that was real there were a lot of the parts with zazie beats with her lines and i'm thinking like that's just not a realistic thing that anybody would say and then none of that was real and i was kind of relieved by those facts because Mm -hmm. that made me like the movie a little bit more but um i i kind of agree with you tim i don't i enjoyed walking phoenix's performance in this quite a bit i think the movie does a great job and in being very uncomfortable I think mm-hmm. it's it executes that perfectly. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. So. You're supposed to feel just kind of like uh, like you're never supposed to feel happy or comforted. Like it's not an enjoying movie to watch. I wasn't in, I didn't enjoy any bit of this movie, but I I still think it's a a pretty more than fine movie. Um, and I don't understand why the internet's so mad at it. I know that Todd Phillips and his remarks kind of made people hate this movie probably more than 
they probably should have at first because Todd Phillips, Nick, if you don't know, kind of said, you know, I can't fucking, you can't make comedy movies anymore. He's kind of one of those guys. And that I think that that sort of uh, moves people's opinions in one way or the other on, on whatever he is, whatever he makes from this point forward. But I thought it was a fine movie. I enjoyed it. I thought that uh, it was really uncomfortable to watch and I don't ever really want to watch it again. Yeah, for me, it's not. It's it's less about making a comic book movie. And I think that's what a lot of people maybe were reacting to because I think a lot of people thought, "Hey, we're going to go in and this is going to be somewhat like a like Dark Knight where there are action elements." No, he wanted to make Taxi Driver. He wanted to make a movie that was a real serious look at society and how it fails people and watch someone devolve into um, sort of that level of mental illness. And he couldn't. I don't think he could get that done and have it have it be as important and as impactful and as widespread of, of as far as audiences are concerned without incorporating some level of of a uh, comic book like of the comic book genre into it and i think that's where it could have gone either way for me but i think i i kind of give them kudos for what this does to elevate the genre because to me this means like dude if you can tell this story wrapped around the the, the guys of the joker you can tell any story and and have it be a legitimately impactful and intense an incredibly important experience for as far as I'm concerned. And granted, we saw that with the Dark Knight, but I think this pushes it even further where it says we're actually not even gonna have any of the action elements at all. And we're just gonna tell this story and it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. You it's gonna know? be a light taxi driver. Uh this yeah, is I, I this is actually pretty close to taxi driver if you've ever seen taxi driver. Yeah, including like the ending. Uh, uh, just two more things I want to say. One, one thing that I really liked about this movie, the introducing the Joker's laugh as like a sort of mental condition, right? Like the uncontrollably laughing when it's not like the right response was so good, and like I don't know, it, it gives it so much purpose. And yeah. uh, the moment in the in the uh, train. When he's about to get beaten up by those guys, it's such a like you can like that. That is the best moment of acting that, yeah. that Joaquin Phoenix has in the whole movie, where he's just kind of breaking down, and like you can see that it, like he's trying his hardest to fight it, and it's just he can't control it, and he's about to get beaten because of it. And then um, the second thing I want to mention is my real biggest problem. I I don't like the way they they like the way that they portrayed like the riots or like protests turning into riots. And I just feel like with the time when this came out, it was, you know, like just seemed kind of tasteless or, or it was like all the people needed to be motivated was like a, a crazy person to be pushed further and take things from protest to like violent riots and like the streets ablaze. I, I don't know. That just always bothered me because it's just like the, the he's turned into an, uh, like a, a symbol so quickly and we don't see that so like we never find out why the city went from like uh three people got murdered on the train to like fuck those three people we assume it's because the woman that was on the train said that like she was being harassed and uh well it's because they were well, no white. it's yeah they're wayne people they're rich yeah. they're, they're yeah, and the he came and protected him he said these were good yeah, white collars but then he also told basically called every single person who yeah, was like yeah. clowns poor yeah. clowns and everyone said yeah, that just this seems is ridiculous. so thin for like to, for people well, to be like fuck but I mean, these three people well, that got no because you have to remember like that <laughs> the city was uh, it was basically at a breaking point anyway and this was the straw that broke the camera. yeah exactly this, this wasn't like everything was hunky-dory and fine this was uh everything's fucking like insane outside 
and it's getting worse and uh, and people are just getting their asses kicked all the time there's i mean if we see arthur get beat up twice mm. it's to the point where you know i mean i was watching with my wife last night and she was like man I, you know, if these guys picked on me like that i would like it would I would think about you know doing some violence against them, and then of course when it, when he when he hunts the guy down and shoots him on the stairs, she's like, okay, that's just murder. Yeah, but, the, you know, that's just that's just murder. But like, but you feel for him. You feel that he is in this hopeless yeah. situation, and the only structure that he has that could help him is taken away. Is 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 has just lost to him, and he has nothing to do. And then of course, what's he going to do? He's just going to slowly, you know, go in the, the wrong direction. Yeah. The, the, I think I, what, I do, uh, one of the reasons I, I hear you, Kevin, and I, I understand that they don't focus on that, but I think it's one of the reasons the film stands out and is polarizing it one way or the other for people. Uh, but it is uh, looked at as something so different is the fact that it's just unabashedly a character piece and it's locked yeah. on Arthur the entire time. So you have to take away from, and again, what can you believe, what can you not, or whatever. But him, you know, in his first therapy meeting, being like, is it just me or is it getting crazier out there? And she's yeah. like, things are tense. And like, there's the garbage strike and there's the thing of that, yada, yada, yada. I, again, I appreciate that in a weird way, this being a movie. And I guess because I just feel like most comic book movies aren't. But in a weird way, it's one where I want to get a beer with everybody afterwards and talk about what yeah. it was and and be talk to each other and understand what I didn't understand. Blah blah blah. Go on. Sorry. The the other cool thing that it it adds is the like Thomas Wayne Joker thing that like really leaves you at the end being like, is he Thomas Wayne's kid? There's enough in there to have a conversation. Yeah, but uh, to me, that's that's a comic booky shit. That like some of the the Easter eggs and ties to Batman. I'm like, this movie would have been better off without them. Like it's that is a disservice because I, I like I, it being the story of a character. Don't, coming to being a symbol and like with all the riots and stuff i think it's you say it's tasteless kevin i agree with you it is tasteless but it's real as fuck that could happen it's and especially now what we've seen this year it's like all it takes is for people to have something to kind of like latch onto yeah. and the combination of this dude dressed as a clown that killed these people that the people that are looking for someone to associate with is the the guys that are working with thomas wayne it's like all of that is like, oh, fuck. And then for him to be on TV and to kill the dude, uh, Robert De Niro, it's like, that's all it would take, you know? And it's like, that is such a perfect setup of this, then this, then this, but that all happened and it happened quickly. And then we see the results of that. It's just a bunch of dudes in masks. And it's like, think back even to like the anonymous stuff that, that went on back mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, like around Dark Knight and all, or Dark Knight Rises. And it's like, this is the scarier version of that. Andy from Kind of Funny, what's up? I think, I think I'm getting more to the side of, I, I dislike all the things that we can write off as being in Joker's head. Because, <laughs> like, See, anytime, I I think, anytime I think about a scene that I don't really like or I don't like the performance or I don't think what the people are doing is realistic, the other side of me goes, well, that could have just all been made-believe. Like, you know, Kevin, I, I, I agree. I loved Joaquin's performance in the subway mm -hmm. when he's laughing and the people eventually beat him up. But when the dude starts singing at him, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, I, th this is not anything that would ever happen what like and then the other side goes to me well maybe it's all in his head andy and it's like ah, See, I, I don't like that yeah. See, I you know i think three I drunk really... guys drunk on booze and power wouldn't do that like fuck with that no, guy singing, sing no 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 the whole singing part like that them walking up to him singing like making a little show tune bit I was like what is this, this is well he's dressed like, as a clown i mean i think that i i found that in, i i see i didn't i didn't i didn't write anything off as being in his head the only thing that i really caught that i thought was like oh that's of course in his head is the zazi beat stuff just because mm -hmm. i yeah. feel like that was the only thing really grounding him to reality and once that once he 
came to the realization that because remember the only thing that he has kind of in his life that's checking him is the therapist his mom and then this relation this burgeoning relationship with this person and the therapist leaves him he kills his mom and the the and the girlfriend was a figment of his imagination and so once that's gone he becomes untethered and there's that just that moment obviously that we get that is supposed is would be the equivalent to like iron man getting in the suit for the first time and being and like flying but it's such the opposite emotion where we see him walking down the hallway and you know he's dressed as Joker for the first time, like the real first time he's become this character. And then he does the the stare thing where you're like, this he's just he's gone. He's just gone. And you see the two cops up above him. It's just, I don't know. I just felt but like that was also everything. Un, uh, that was a very unrealistic part for me as well. Like the cops being up tall, like, hey, are there let him do his dance first. Uh, but with yeah. Nick, I feel like there's enough evidence in this that like there are uh, there has to be things in this movie that are potentially in his head but, but like, because I mean, by the fact that they show the Zazzy beat stuff, it's like that is showing us like definitive yeah. proof that there are there must be other things that aren't reliable yeah. here, including like the multiple times with the the talk show where it's like, the first one didn't happen, clearly. Right. Well, yeah, it was fancy. Right. Well, we know that though, because we we the way it's edited, you're supposed to you, you're supposed to think he's imagining that because it cuts right back yeah. to him when he's sitting yeah. on the couch and he smiles and kind of takes solace in the fact that one day maybe he'll get there. Um, but everything but I mean, else, like, I, but see, he, I guess my point my point in saying that I don't I don't need to write anything off as being in his head for it still to be impactful and for me to think that they actually still backed up all the themes that they were exploring. Like, I guess I, whether or not wants to write them off though, because some of them are bad. I think like part, yeah, I mean, part of me wants to write off the things I don't like because it could possibly be in his head, and sure, I'm just trying to give sure. make excuses for the movie in some parts. I get it. Um, I totally, and I think there's. I mean, I also think there's parts of Joaquin uh, Phoenix's performance that were a little bit too far. They should have dialed him back. I don't particularly care for the movements that he does. To me, I'm like, I'm not yeah. quite sure what he was going for in that, and I think it kind of takes away from it. I think it's a lot more haunting to have him just stare at himself in a mirror than it is for him to do like weird Tai Chi stuff, the, the weird dancing. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that stuff, and I think some of the. I just think some of it could have been dialed back. But I had obviously some criticisms of the Dark Knight, in, in as far as some nitpicky stuff there too but overall i think the impact of this film really got me and uh and i think to me it's one of those things it's like it's like you know greg it's like reading that anthology that you wrote on uh for the joker stories right hey what's up um some of them are i mean to me it's like it's interesting to just explore those it's interesting to step into that world and just see a different take on this and uh whether you like it or not i'm just i'm super happy that they ended up doing this and i'm, I'm glad it did well because maybe this has you know hopefully matt reeves watched this and said hey maybe i can take some of the intensity of this and the realisticness of this and actually like explore some themes that matter and wrap the Batman story around that. Hey, I have one for you. Uh, Chris TV 93 says you aren't supposed to be rooting for the Joker in the Twitch comments right now. Were any of you ever rooting for the Joker? No. Like, I, 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 like the, Andy said the I exact same thing I said in the screencast, right? Of like, well, I remember reviewing it with Joey and uh, Kevin and being like, I don't think this is a movie you enjoy. And I know that it sounds weird, but I it, the, I remember that first time in the theater being like this, like just fuck, like you know what I mean, like locked it's in. Like you knew where the roller coaster gems. was going, but you were yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's like watching a Safety Brothers movie, right? Where I just it, watched it's, a good time again. It's it's the same thing where you're yeah. supposed to watch this character and be screaming, "Please stop!" stop. Or can somebody <laughs> help him? Or like, and I think that's why this movie is so special to me is because I watch this. I don't. I don't. I'm not rooting for the Joker to go kill these people. 
But I'm somehow they did a good job at me thinking at least like I see why he would do this. I'm not condoning it and I want him to stop and I don't yeah. like the violence, but I want someone to help him and nobody can. He's either been forgotten or abused or beaten or any of these things. And this is what you get. You're supposed to feel at the end of this yeah. that if we fail people fundamentally, riots will happen. And like that's that's I think that was the point of the story. Real quick, I want to bring Kevin in, but I do want to say this one thing. I think that's what's you 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 get into there, Nick, is that I was never rooting for the Joker, but I was at times rooting for Arthur. And it was, and I know that's a fine line. I don't mean the I, when we're talking about murdering, we're talking about inciting riots and doing that stuff. That's Joker, right? But you see Arthur in there, and you have like even when he talks to Murray at the beginning, of like you know what I like, I'm a good son, and like you know what I mean, like I'm meant to yeah. bring joy. Like you see in there, like okay, like at your core you're not trying to be a horrible person again it is what the world's pushed you it is the the condition how people receive it it is everybody at work picking on you it is all these different things in there there's a person who i think wants to be good and just wants to be loved and wants the father figure and yada 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 kevin i was just gonna say i wish that he had a little bit more agency in this i feel like everything that happens to him is like pretty much by chance and him reacting and a lot of times his reactions are like poor um I, I, you know, the Joker that we know is like the nemesis of Batman, like one of the smartest men in the world, right? And like so much of what happens to Joker, like, is not him planning or anything. Like, we just don't see that like genius level Joker that, like, you know, the, the Dark Knight did such a good job being like, this guy's thinking every step ahead and making plans and stuff. And like, he's doing it in a way that like no one can tell, you know? And yeah, with this, I, yeah. You know, I don't, but I don't think that's this Joker, right? I, I think this Joker was just—it's an exploration of how someone could, could hit, it could get to that point. And I don't, I don't see this Joker as being a the traditional. Hey, I'm going to rob a bank with giant, with all my goons dressed as clowns, and like we're going to do. Like to me, this Joker was is a little bit more closely associated with the Heath Ledger, like chaos Joker. Um, but there's a but line in this that, movie that that was. Uh, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger that you're describing, like that was the first scene of Heath Ledger, you know, robbing the bank with all his goons dressed up. Yeah, as yeah. I, I, what him. I meant is that I think the the more chaotic aspects of that Joker, I think, that is what they're is what this one kind of represents a little bit more to me. But to me, it's just like I don't see this Joker as being the Joker we've ever seen before. To me, I see this as as being like. What would he be like if he were running around the streets? Well, they they would lock him up. He would he would get locked up. I don't see him getting out of that. But like, I don't see I don't I don't see this Joker. And maybe this is to the detriment of the film. But I don't see this Joker ever fighting a Batman on a rooftop someplace. I just Bruce Wayne's like, parents still die. It's like that's the thing. Is like I'm so with you, Nick. It's just like, but then they still have these elements where it's like, well, then see that I was the yeah, that was see, with me. I'm with Tim on that one. Where I thought that was the one that went over the meter. I remember in the theater. But no, but when that's, it, that's the best part of the movie. Sorry, Greg. Continue. When Alan theater, he gets on the train, he rolls up, and I'm like, are they going to Wayne Manor? And they go to Wayne Manor, and it's just the exchange at the gate, and then it's over, right? And then when yeah, the riots break out, and Thomas and Martha come out, I'm like, why would they be there? Why would, they're smarter than to go downtown in the middle of this fucking shit happen? And then they go around, and I was like, ah, like don't show it. They show it, and it's like. Yeah. That see, was to too me, much for me. To yeah. me, that's the point, right? So we have a character that we're with the entire time that we're – Greg, you said you're rooting for Arthur, right? And there are two characters, and this is Arthur and Joker. So Arthur is a kid who doesn't remember his childhood because he was beaten so severely that he now has a brain condition. They alluded to this, right? They talk about how he was like – they found him chained to a radiator. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, his, yeah. Even his little card says it could be because of, because of you trauma. Know, uh, trauma to the head or whatever, right? So he grows up abused. 
and then he gets pushed too hard and then he abuses people. And then one of those people that he abuses or because of his actions, that cycle starts over again with a young boy named Bruce Wayne. And that's the whole point of this. Like, I think they were, whether you like it or not, I think they wanted to tell this story and the only way they could do it is wrap it around the elements of Gotham. And I give them kudos for that because yeah, they're bending a little bit of it to fit, to fit in with what our perception of these stories are. But like, this movie made a billion dollars and it's a movie about mental illness. So think about, think about that, right? Like what's the last movie that was, that had that explored this subject that had anywhere close to the cultural impact that Joker did. I, I can't really name one because you know, I mean, this movie is, it was, it was huge. So to me, I think that's, you have to have that scene because I think you have to put it in context to the greater comic book uh, audience, right? They have to see how that cycle happened. And we know that, right? And we've, we've seen movies also that explore Batman's darker side. We're like, why is he doing this? Why wouldn't he just take his billions of dollars and help and help the city that way instead of going out every night and beating the shit out of people? Um, and I think you see the origins of that here. I think this movie just made a lot of money because it's Joker and it was something that was better than anything DCEU had been putting out. And people just got excited because they know the Joker and... They remember how badly uh, Batman vs Superman was reviewed, and they remember how badly Justice League was reviewed. So this was like kind of a breath of fresh air for a lot of comic book fans coming off the heels of, well, not coming off the heels, but nearly a decade later after the memorable Heath Ledger performance, and then hearing this is almost as good as that because that was certainly in the media. People saying like, "Holy crap! What? Like, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they made a Joker that was actually good." And I think that news just got around. I think that's why the movie made a billion dollars. I don't think it has to do with whether it was about mental illness or not. I think people were just stoked to see something well, that was better than yeah, you're, you're proving my point, right? which is that which is that they told a really good Joker story, but they sort of inceptioned an actual really impactful movie about mental illness in with it. Right. And I think that was Todd. What Todd Phillips has talked about that in interviews where he said, I wanted to tell a story, but the only way I could really do it with a budget that I wanted and get eyes on it was to wrap it, wrap it in this comic book genre. And so I think I think what he did was he wrote this amazing story and they wrote this they they wanted to tell this great story and they said how do we actually get this thing funded? Great. Well, let's just how about what if this character who is basically the the guy from Taxi Driver, what if he were Joker? Well, that's an interesting angle. Let's 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 explore that angle and kind of shoehorn that in a little bit. And I will say like some of the elements did feel like a little shoehorned in, but I think that was sort of a necessary evil to get that story across. And like I want to bring up this quote before we we go on that I think is the most important quote of the entire movie, right? He's sitting writing in his journal at one point, right before he's about to have that sort of like that turn for the, the worse. And he says, the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. And that's like, that right there should tell you guys like, holy shit, like that's an, an unbelievable thing for a character to like explore. And then he gets to a point where he's like, I'm tired of telling people that, like I'm tired of trying to fit in. I'm tired of trying to pretend like I don't have this. I'm, I'm out, I'm done. And ah, I just thought it was so good. Before we move on, I want to tell you, this episode is brought to you by What the Golf, It's Snow Time. Kev, if you can bring up the video, that would be fantastic. Greg Miller, what do you have to say about What the Golf? What the Golf is crazy. It's fun. And the people who made it are even crazier than the game is. I want you to know the game words. I had to talk them out of rolling golf balls down the red carpet and making people trip. That's the thing. If that's what they wanted to do to promote the game, think what will happen if you don't play the game. What the Golf, It's No Time is available now exclusively on Apple Arcade. Uh, Try the hand, the developer behind the hit game that Greg's talking about. Uh, what the Golf, think that hitting things and seeing them fly is by far the most fun part of the timeless sport. And I can agree with that. 
even if I don't know how to properly play golf, it's always fun to hit things, mm-hmm. right? And this game lets you hit a whole bunch of things, including hot dogs. They get crazy here. They get absolutely crazy. Uh, the only thing you can count on in this winter-themed Apple Arcade game is constant laughs alongside the goal of golfing just about any object imaginable. It has 30 new levels, snow scientists, and a limited edition winter trophy. What the Golf It's Snow Time delivers winter-themed comedic gameplay for mobile gamers of all ages. What the Golf won a bunch of awards, like Greg's talking about. It won Best Mobile Game at Game Developers Choice Awards GDC 2020 and Best Mobile Game at IGN's Game Awards in 2019. What the Golf It's Snow Time is available now exclusively on apple arcade back to it andy you had something to say plot 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 oh no yeah boy what's up everybody welcome to joker uh we start with joaquin phoenix uh painting his face in the mirror in his little clown dormitory uh over the the radio we get a whole thing about yeah i guess what's happening uh garbage strike continues there's trash everywhere it's a public health health hazard all hell's breaking loose uh one of the things we haven't talked about because we're so hung up on performance and story and message in this movie which is true um something i want to comment on is being such a great period piece for a period that doesn't exist obviously what gotham city would look like in the early 80s late mm-hmm. 70s but the way it's shot the way graphics are done it's more towards the back obviously when they pop up with like credits for it or whatever mm-hmm. makes the entire thing feel like it's actually pulled from that era of cinema nick I, I think you'd be the one to correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like a movie that's late 70s early 80s it's got this grit it's the new york before uh, oh, yeah. giuliani cleaned up Times square and all that shit going and let alone the color it's, palette i think it's they color palette it's fantastic yeah, it's it's yeah. like the, the design in general i think is and so definitely tim, that tim brought up also the fact that i think I, the the music uh the people the composers won an academy award for this but the score is so haunting in this and it's perfect it perfectly backs up the visuals unsettling yeah i'd say like even though i didn't i didn't necessarily love the movie i think the cinematography cinematography was amazing it's shot it's shot it's shot amazingly i love i love the colors used i love just uh, i don't know there's i think they did a really good job crafting the movie just in terms of visuals yeah uh so yeah arthur's there putting on his makeup uh then he starts doing the infamous you know frying face uh smiley face thing yeah kevin do they mention the rats in the news yes at mm. a certain point do you guys yeah. see the, the, the article that came out like two days ago no, we got super rats. yeah they got like no in new york they got like uh cat size rats big rats That's terrifying. it's terrifying i just wanted to bring that up that shit's real watch yourself uh, kevin when are you gonna send cecil to fix the problem over there Airdrop him in. Rats, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You He's know got what the I mean? Cat sized. Cat, exactly. You you yeah. you can see it just like I can. The parachute on him as he comes off on his bed. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, eventually, though, Arthur obviously has one tear rolled on his cheek as he is uh, already teetering and not in a good place. Uh, from there, he's out uh, on the street doing his clown job where he's spinning the sign, trying to get people to come into this place that's going out of business. And he's being all cute about it. And it's upside down. And he's really funny. He's a great clown. Uh, however, some stupid kids roll by and they want to be jerks to him. They grab the sign. They run with the sign. He chases them through the streets in his giant clown shoes. Again, we see trash piled up everywhere we see a very gritty gotham city that's falling apart uh they cut down an alleyway and uh the sign that's clearly made of like styrofoam or whatever becomes like solid wood or whatever and they slam it into arthur he goes down they all run over they start kicking the shit out of him uh this is where we get the giant splash joker that i remember being in the alamo drafts house and how blinding that was uh when it popped up on opening night uh i guess i saw it in amc and then saw it opening that alamo it doesn't matter uh 
from there, uh, we're at Arthur's first therapy appointment. Uh, he's there with a Dr. Kane, uh, smoking a grit, talking about how fucked up things are outside. Being, uh, you know, uh, what do we think of this guy? We don't know yet what's going on with him. What's his life? Uh, she asked him some questions, but eventually wants to see his journal. Uh, he laughs. She's like, I told you to do this journal. You need to be doing this journal. So he whips out this journal. Uh, he's been using it also as a joke diary. <laughs> and I like how he's like, I believe I told you I've, I'm pursuing a, stand, a career in stand-up comedy. She's like, no, you did not. And then she p- pages through it with the, you know, terrifying scribbles, the porno pages pasted to it, all this stuff. Like, it's already setting up how jumbled his brain is and what's going on there. And uh, in there is the thing of, you know, I hope my death makes more sense than my life uh, yeah. spelled like money or whatever. Uh, it's like, Oh man, what's going on? You know, he's, this is not good. He wants to up his medication. Uh, she's not about that, of course. Uh, but he just wants to not feel so bad all the time. Uh, from there, we're going to do uh, the bus ride back to Gotham. Uh, you know, Arthur, there's this kid, little kid in front of him. Arthur starts doing crazy faces to him to make him laugh. The mom gets, mad and turns around it's like stop you know pestering my kid he's like i wasn't pestering total your kid overreaction you know total you total. know total of course of course uh but uh you know arthur tries to explain but can't it's an uncomfortable situation so he starts doing his uh weird joker laugh uh as kevin said uh super off-putting and creeping and he has this weird like <gasps> like gasp rattle you know what i mean when he mm-hmm. doesn't it, it's just like so off-putting and things but he hands her a card that says that because she's like, what, this is, what's so funny? You know what I mean? This will be a running theme throughout the movie. And it's a car that's like, you know, I have a medical condition causing me to laugh at poor, uh, times when it's not appropriate. You know, sorry. You know, I like how it says kindly return the card because it's yeah. animated. He has to give it out multiple times a day, obviously, since he has this. And like Nick said, it says something right about uh, uh, brain conditions, neurological conditions, uh, which obviously is another thing that's never fully explored, but brought up here. And obviously, uh, you know, Arthur's got something going on. Uh, I, I agree with Kevin. This is one of my favorite elements of the movie is yeah. the tying the laugh into the actual character and making it yeah. a real thing that's not just him being an asshole. And totally. there are multiple times in the movie that you it's, you can't really tell if he's laughing or crying. And it's kind of like him trying to fight through it. And it's like that combined with the idea of the card and him not wanting to be this way uh, is just like that. it's so dark, you know. So like this whole thing here uh, in my mind, and I'm not, I of course I'm no uh, film studies major, is showing how bleak and oppressive Arthur's life is. Right? He, you know, let alone having to go, uh, getting your ass kicked, having to go to a doctor that's not too super interested into it, and then having to take this bus ride back to the city. Then you get to the city, you go to the pharmacy, but there's trash piled up outside. There's all this stuff uh, written on the walls already. You get your mom's medication. Um, you know, there's the infamous stairs that we all know from the Watto uh, drawing or uh, Watto creation, Andy Photoshop. Yeah, uh, that's where. But you know, we see. Yeah. I think it's twice in this film, right, where Arthur walks up those stairs, and I mean, like, you, again, you see the you see Joaquin Phoenix's performance, right, where it's just the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I think that is why, even though you know we were joking around about the cops or whatever, watching him dance on the stairs later on when he comes down the stairs, when when. When Joaquin Phoenix goes from being Arthur to being Joker, and I think honestly having like the, the nothing, he has no strings attached. He's just dancing. I think that's why that scene is so not only off-putting but powerful in the way that like this is not what we've seen portrayed throughout the film. But we'll get it's to the it. fall. It's him going down. Exactly, exactly, Tim. A little on the nose, you know what I mean? But we'll give him credit for it, you know what I mean? Uh, they go, he goes up, he goes in to check the mail. There's no mail, mail will be important. The mail's in the giant like cage, too, by the way, because they obviously they're not in a great part of Gotham if there is such a thing. Uh, he gets on the elevator, and then uh, is it Zazie Beats? Is what this woman's name is? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
she is like, oh, hold the elevator. She runs in and gets in there. Uh, you know, Arthur stands there and doesn't say anything to her. Uh, elevator gets stuck for a hot second. She's like, man, this place sucks, or whatever she says. And th- then uh, her uh, child starts parroting back. Like, doesn't this place suck, mommy? Doesn't this place suck? She's like, yeah, honey, it does. And she makes uh, eye contact with Arthur and does the blows her brains out kind of thing uh elevator you know gets going they get off the elevator she turns to go to her apartment and he's he's like hey and then he does a very dramatic so <laughs> rendition of getting his brains blown out she's like all right cool. she's like well okay she's so awesome man i want to give her a shout yeah. out she's the main character one of the main characters in atlanta and god she just nails it and she's also in uh deadpool too but atlanta specifically is She's fantastic. Oh, she it. is in Deadpool too. Okay. Yeah, she's Domino. Yeah, yeah, Domino. No, no, yeah. no, I Domino. know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luck isn't a superpower. Yes, it is. I'm um, glad you said Domino because I, I didn't know what I was. I, I, I was like a polka dot. No, what is she? <laughs> like I could not no, think. Polka dot. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, polka dots here to help out. Uh, from there, uh, we get a look into Arthur and his mother's life. Penny. Uh, they live in this apartment. It's not that great of an apartment. Uh, there's crap everywhere. Uh, Penny keeps asking if uh, she got a, if he checked the mail. He did check the mail. She wrote to Thomas Wayne. He's like, why would he do anything for us? You know, he, you know, because she, she's like. You know, if he saw how we were living, he'd be horrified. Or like, or, you know, you worked for him 30 years ago. And I'm probably mixing and matching a little bit. But let me go. Let me have some artistic Get, have fun, Kevin. Get off my ass, Kevin. What? God. I'm sorry. What? Kevin, uh, and so she, the New York. he makes some food for her and a TV dinner, walks it in, puts it on there. Then uh, Murray Franklin show starts. They get all excited. He, you know, she, he pops off his shoes and sits there. And you can tell, like, this is their nightly ritual. This is, like, his solace. And Murray Franklin comes out, and it's the one and only Bobby De Niro. You know what I mean? We're fresh from the Tribeca Film Festival. We're out here to do some stuff. Nick? Have you ever, have, has anyone seen The King of Comedy? No, but yes. everybody always says that this movie is a direct ripoff of that. Well, it's it's a it's an homage to it, obviously, because I think the King, I've never seen it. I tried to watch it the other day, and I have to be honest, it's it's difficult to get into. But Tim, you said you've seen it. Uh, yeah, I had to watch it in uh, school. It, does this this is sort of an homage, right? Because he in the I mean, King of Comedy, it, he, it very much feels like a yeah. ripoff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it's definitely a mix of Taxi Driver and King of, Com- King of King Comedy. Comedy. It's kind of mixed, and then like, oh yeah, there's. Bruce Wayne's here too. Is, is really kind of <laughs> and also it. Bruce Wayne kids. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I did not know Robert De Niro was in this movie, and oh, nice. I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" And yeah, him as I a think... talk show host, I'm like, "This, I'm vibing with this because like the design and style, colors, all the things we're talking about. Having Robert De Niro as the talk show host, I'm like, "Oh, y'all nailed the cast." I thought that's he was great. awful. I thought really? he was awful. Yeah, uh, I, I like, I like his when he sits down. <sighs> I like Robert De Niro, and I think backstage when he's just being Murray and he's got the glasses on and he's talking to him, and you want to be called Joker, that's fine, whatever. I think all that works, but yes, something about him as the talk show host is so jarring, where even his like hand motions don't seem like, and maybe it's just that I can't get over it as Robert De Niro, and I don't think Robert De Niro would do that. And then when he sits there, but the interview with the Joker on the set, he's like, you think this is funny. You, I'm gonna, and it's like, it's back to what you were talking about earlier of Andy of like, like so, so much of this is not believable. I'm Where convinced like, that 90%, if not more, of the talk show stuff is not real. And I think yeah. that them setting it up that from the first get-go that the talk show stuff's not real, I think none of it is. Because, like, why would a talk show host have this YouTube-style video of him bombing at the stand-up show, at right? goes. Like, that's just not how stand-up that's, or uh, how well, late Well, my time out there, my, I mean, my my leap of logic not explained to me at all is that I would think that we already know that Pogos is filming it. We see it on the closed-circuit right. TV when we're there. I would assume that someone there 
records the stuff and sends it to Murray Franklin to be like, hey, this guy would be good for the show. And yeah, I'm sure I, for I'm Arthur Fleck would be like, hey, look at how horrible this guy is. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, see mean, the, I, I see the discussion in our chat, and one, one person said it's supposed to be very Johnny Carson. Yeah. And yeah. I totally agree with Wasted Bandwidth reply which is de niro's bad casting if they're going for carson i i think it's it's not necessarily the the character i think it's just de niro's portrayal of what this character is supposed to be i think there could have been a lot of better choices i just it didn't feel i don't know i, I just I, wasn't into de niro being in this movie at all i, I, I think i think they chose him because obviously when you cast robert de niro it legitimizes a project fairly well um and i think they also chose him because of the two references we mentioned before which was the two main polls that they're they, they have for inspiration for this movie are taxi driver and the king of comedy both of which starred robert de niro and so i think they were they thought this was going to be an interesting kind of role reversal flip and an homage to those two and but i'm also unfortunately with you guys where i just don't think I think he stands out too much as Robert De Niro and doesn't necess- and doesn't really nail that character. And I would have liked to have seen someone who wasn't so. I mean, for me, it's hard though to see these guys that are like Pacino and De Niro who have been who was so permeated film over the last like four four decades or five decades for me. Mm-hmm. That four decades actually I haven't been alive five decades yet. Kevin, um, Kevin, get off his ass! Off I don't know. Ass, my mom Kevin. has some theories. My mom has Shit. some theories. Ship Cecil to New York State right now. But but I'll agree with you guys. Like these are the elements that I wish they had a different actor too, because he kind of pulls me out of it a little bit in, in some of these scenes. And it's no disrespect to Robert De Niro. Love you. No, no, I mean he's in a he's an icon. You know what I mean? He's Robert watching this on his phone and he's like, God damn it. He's like Andy, give me some uh, give me give me what Robert De Niro would be, would would react to that me just saying that. You talk about me? You're talking about great me? oh my god yeah. andy thank you. andy thank you. oh my god anyways yeah this is we've already kind of covered this right uh arthur envisions himself in the audience envisions himself saying i love you murray and he's like who said that turn up the lights and then arthur stands up people start laughing at him when he talks about living with his mom murray defends him uh murray you know he he, he does the whole thing about you know wanting to bring light and happiness to everybody penny will continually call him happy throughout the uh the movie Murray brings him down. Uh, he's like, all right, we got a great show. And he turns around and hugs him and stuff. That really touched me. Like, and I'd be proud to have you as a son. Then we're pulled back out of the TV into just uh, Arthur and Penny watching uh, from Penny's bed. And you see Arthur smiling there because he's just daydreaming about having a father and knowing Murray on that level, taking their connection to the next level. Uh, from there, it's the jump cut, right? Boom, right? From this really happy moment or a, one of the few happy moments in this movie to Arthur's uh, mangled and bruised back. Uh, you know, the physical transformation Joaquin Phoenix did. I don't know if Tim, if you have facts about this in terms of how much weight he lost or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he lost 30 pounds for it, which for him was a shit ton, like a yeah. very high percentage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's hunched over working on his clown shoes uh, to get everything set up in there. See, uh, to, me, to me, I didn't like these. I didn't, I didn't like that they chose to focus on his emaciated like body so much because it kind of at a certain point was like, we get it. He really starved himself to do this. And... I don't know. I, I feel like that was, I, I feel like it was not necessary for, I, I guess it's backed up later where they have a couple lines where she's like, you didn't eat. And he, and he has some issues with that as well. But like, I was just like one scene uh, would have been good, but they just keep going back and forth to him being shirtless. And I'm like, we get it. He got really skinny for this. Let's it's move all on. I, I, it's yeah, I win the best actor. That's how I did. totally, I totally agree with Nick where I, I think it's just one more thing to make this character seem more dark and deranged. And it's, it just adds to like, the 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 edginess that they were really trying to to hit here it just it's one more little factor and one more aspect of the movie right. that i go 
All right, we didn't so, need this. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I, I I appreciate what he did, and and I do think the character should have been emaciated like that because if you're on that many you know psychotropic drugs and you're depressed and you've been abused and all these things, like you're probably not thinking too much about food. You know, there's and he also smokes a lot and things like that. So I I get why they decided to go that route with the character, but I think that the cinematographer or maybe Todd Phillips fell in love with seeing that, like how shocking that is as an image. And I think they just overused it a little bit. Andy hit the song. We got to rank them. Were, were they born, born in labs? Now it's time to rank those abs. Damn you, Tim. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rank Those Abs. Starring Nick Scarpino, Andy Cortez, Greg Miller, Tim Geddes, and right. Cecil the Dog. Uh, he, <laughs> no, just joking, Gabby's not back there. Um, I mean, his the dedication that it must have taken to get to this is just is ridiculous to me. So kudos to him for that. But this is not a healthy look. I do not recommend anyone try to uh to mirror your, your your physique after this also what's going on with joaquin phoenix's shoulders like one of them looks like it got broken a long time ago or dislocated and it never kind of went back yeah it's like is he, yeah it's up there wasn't yeah, he like i think pointy. he's because he's, he's forcing hunching, right yeah he's kind of hunching it over what was he doing yeah. with his shoes you know uh, I, I think I, he was stretching him out huh. i don't know I do think that obviously the 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 abs rank very very low because you are given points when you're skinnier, you know your muscles. Right, show a Tom Holland. But you know, unfortunately, ranked lower on our list if you yeah. guys remember because he's just naturally skinny. So there's no you know who, Tom Holland. But if you've seen Chris Hemsworth lately, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you that see that thing him pushing that tire? Holy yeah. hell! Holy God shit! Damn. You know who I will throw on this list, and it's totally unrelated. Abed from Community because yeah, I just saw the episode where he has his shirt off. I was like, wow, he's like ripped. So I'm throwing Abed from Community in this episode. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, number yeah. one, Abed from Community. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not just start adding random people to this list, please. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, Cinemaniac in the chat says, lol, this is sort of tasteless. And I'd like to say, welcome to In Review. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he's stretching out his shoes. He's doing his thing. And then the dude, I got the cast list, Randall, who's Glenn Fleshler from Boardwalk Empire. Uh, he comes in. He's all like, hey, how's it doing, boys? He's like that. He's that big clown. He's the big dude clown. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, he's also uh, the crazy killer from, oh, spoilers, Two Detectives. He's oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good point, just good about point. to watch yeah, that season. Yeah, 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 that's a great point, great point. He was also, I think uh, he's the lawyer on Billions also, if you guys want to watch him that, he's good. He's uh, also here no uh he he comes in and he walks over eventually to arthur and he's like oh man arthur you know sorry about it. i heard what happened to you. you got your ass kicked out there that sucks and he's like you know what and he walks to his, his thing his little brown paper bag he's like, this is for you and it's a gun and arthur's like i'm not supposed to you know i'm not supposed to have these and he's like no no you know I, i'm looking out for you you're my pal arthur blah 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 and, you know one day you'll pay me back for it i'll figure out something to pay me back for it. at the same time Gary walks in, uh, uh, Gary uh, comes in, and then, of course, uh, Randall starts dumping all over Gary, of course, right, for being a little person. And he's like, and then Arthur laughs along, and he's like, ah, and he, like, he does a really annoying laugh, that, it, and he's laughing in a correct situation, which we'll see later, he doesn't understand how to do, but he's laughing just to get out of the conversation and to whatever, be on Randall's side for a second, and then he walks back, and as soon as he turns the corner to go talk to the boss, the laugh just dies. He just kills it, and I think that's such a fucking great scene. Uh, he walks in. The boss starts giving him shit about stealing the sign. I didn't steal the sign. I got jumped. Why would you? Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Who would jump you for a sign? And Arthur just sits there and smiles and takes it. And we kind of just hear the boss drone out. And then we start hearing this like 
kicking noise. And then we cut to Arthur outside kicking a bunch of trash, just beating up these uh, trash bags, eventually falling down in the gutter uh, and f- surrounded by trash. Uh, but also, w- boss, why would he steal sign? Like, come on, that's another one. Like, he's got a sign collection. Everybody Andy, knows he has sign collection. When, you're the, you know when, when you have to take care of all the financials for a company like that, and you just got cl- a bunch of clowns coming in and out trying to steal signs and dress in face paint and all that stuff, you just have enough of it. You just got to clean the slate after a while. It's 100% right. Uh, Arthur goes back home. Uh, I might have been. Well, I've already started combining the home trips. So maybe this is where he talks to the woman in the elevator. But it doesn't matter because you already heard about it. Then he. this is more of him taking care of his mom. Uh, he gives her the bath. I think this is where they talk about Thomas. Why would Thomas Wayne help you? That was like 30 years ago. Uh, he puts her to bed. He then goes out to be uh, shirtless again for Nick's uh, approval to really show off his fucking rib cage, which is just so fucking disturbing here. Uh, but also playing around with the gun while he watches some old movie. Uh, he starts kind of doing like the whole you talking to me thing. Uh, and then, you know, shoots accidentally, uh, immediately turns up the volume on the TV runs around uh, completely terrified of everything that's going on right and, and uh, his you know uh mom from the other room is like what was that he's like i'm watching a war movie ma don't worry ma you know what i mean that's how he gets out of it ma it's all this. uh that's the end of that um <laughs> from there we have the gun do we go straight to the children's hospital i feel like that's too quick no no it's, we can, i think it's a little bit later but we can no uh oh this is where he follows her. He follows, uh, um, right. what's her name? Oh, yeah. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats? Sophie. We're just going to call her Sophie for me because me, I've never heard this woman's full name and she seems cool. Uh, Sophie uh, then goes, uh, yeah, she leaves and she, uh, well, she left and then she's at school with her kid and Arthur's there and he's got like a hood up and he follows her and then she works at a bank. So she walks to a bank and uh, he follows her there and then it looks like he might follow her in but the last second he turns around and leaves uh, from there we get follow up on this comedy stuff this is what I was talking about he's at the comedy club and he's he's sitting there and he's laughing at all the wrong things he's not laughing at the punchlines right. he's laughing at the setups and then he's like looking around as other people laugh at the punchlines trying to put it all together of how the Alex a Salamita effect right norm- <laughs> oh god I'll never, I'll never watch a movie with Alex ever again after that first time I want to uh, just give, give a quick shout out to the I think all of these comics if I remember correctly our real comics gary goldman that he cast yeah gary goldman was one and i think if as as every time they go back to the club whoever's on stage they're actually real working comics so there's a guy that tells that parking the parking uh sex and parking lot or parking joke which i think is hilarious i forget yeah arthur fleck performs at stand up at pogo's comedy club in gotham pogo the clown was the stage name of real life professional clown and serial killer john wayne gacy Mm mm-hmm that's terrifying that's not great that's a little on the nose yeah that's a little on the nose there he learns from everybody he sees what they're doing he takes his notes right and it's like sexy jokes are always funny uh he goes back home there's a knock at the door it's sophie she's like were you following me today and he's like yeah i was and she's like i was kind of hoping you come in and rob the place and he's like i got a gun if you want me to come back to i can come back tomorrow which is you know very off color but also like very like ooh, but like a funny ooh. yeah nick but see, I see. I think this is so tastefully done, right? So like, you, you didn't. When I first watched this movie, you didn't realize he was like making all this stuff up in his head. You were like, oh, he's actually kind of not charming, but he's much more well spoken, and actually, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say a little bit more charming than he normally is in these situations. And it's such a sleight of hand. It's like, oh, he's actually, oh, that's fun. He's vibing with someone, and that's so cool. And he's actually a little charming, and he's actually, you know, maybe he's coming out of his shell a little bit. And then when you realize he, he's been imagining it all, it's such a gut punch. 
I totally. totally disagree. I hate like the moment they started talking. I was like, I don't believe this at all. Oh, I knew and in the so theater then, it was fake. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for the them to pull it back. Well, I like, guess I, I just like love love. Every guys. bit of dialogue between them, I was just like, ah, what the hell? Like, how could she possibly be into him? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, but I, I don't know, Tim. I, I guess I'm a sucker. I wrote it off yeah. as like just bad writing. So did I, which is yeah. good. <laughs> no, no, but like when that reveal finally hits, that makes me go, oh shit. Okay. I, I kind of really dig that big twist and reveal at the very end. But all of these scenes, because when this scene happens, I'm like, wow, this is like a really unbelievable kind of conversation. And then we see the later on after the people are killed, and she looks at the sign, she's like, you know what? I think he's a hero. And I'm like, nobody would fucking say this shit. And so I think that it's all better. And I think this is the one sort of thing that I do enjoy having uh, being fake because of its Arthur's, you know, sort of mental state. Mm -hmm. I do think that that's the one big reveal that makes you go, oh, shit, I kind of I, I dig that. It reminds me of um, Scorsese, uh, Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Reminds Spoiler me of a moment Island. Island. Yeah. I love the reveal when he comes back and when he's actually in her apartment, she's kind of like, Hey, Arthur, like, your, your it, name that is, is so good and it's such a gut punch. But then for them to immediately follow it up and actually show the audience like all of the past stuff, yeah. I'm like that to me, that shows that there has to be something deeper in this movie that I'm not sure is there. I was so right with you, Tim. I, I doubt it is there, honestly, Tim, but I was right with you. It was like when she walks in and just goes, what are you doing here? And she's scared. I go, oh, oh fuck, shit. this is awesome. It's, and I don't need anything yeah. else. Like, I it's, think that right there is perfect enough to just show that without showing all of those little flashbacks. Yes, to me, it's when she goes, because I was like, oh, okay, maybe he just took her by surprise. But it's when she goes, you live down the hall, right? And yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, fuck. He has been imagining all well, of let's this. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, this first Friday. interaction where everything looks great. Uh, we go to the children's hospital where Arthur's working as a clown in his uh, doctor's coat. And they're saying, if you're happy, if you're happy and you know it. Uh, eventually, when they get to stomp your feet, though, a gun shoots out of, from, not shoots, but falls out of his pant leg. Awesome. Uh, he jumps down and gets it, scoops it up and does like that whole <laughs> to all the kids or whatever uh from there we cut to him being in a phone booth talking to his boss who's just reaming him out and of course fucking fires him for bringing a gun to a children's hospital like a moron right uh this is where arthur puts his head against the glass and smashes it uh similar we talked about earlier we didn't do the plot recap that i'm sure you don't need but like when he was smashing his head against the or uh, the, Ment the Arkham State Hospital facility door uh, in the flashback the doctor did when he was like, sometimes I miss being in here or whatever, being in the hospital. Um, from here now, Arthur's going home and he's on the train. Uh, and this is where we'll get to the another scene we've already kind of talked about, right? He's on the train. It's late at night. Uh, there's uh, the woman a few seats down. The three drunk Wayne Enterprise guys get on. And the one guy starts, of course, being an asshole to the woman. Oh, you want my French fries? I'm trying to be nice. Blah, blah, blah. I just mean one of those fuckers. Uh, at this point, she looks over at Arthur, and he he doesn't make a move to help, but he starts laughing. And, of course, it's, she's rejected these men. He starts laughing. They start thinking he's laughing at their rejection. Uh, so then they start making their move over to fuck with Arthur now, as Andy brought up earlier. They start singing, uh, what, Ascending the Clowns? Is that what it was? Yeah. Ascending the Clowns. Uh, they get the, closer and closer, and then, you know, get around him. They take off the, his uh, his hat and put it on one of them, and they all start singing, and he won't stop laughing, right? I think it's when he goes to reach for his card in the bag. They grab, they pounce, they grab him, thinking he's probably trying to grab a weapon, which, spoiler alert, he will be. Uh, they pull him up. They start beating the shit out of him. They push him down. They start kicking him. They eventually throw the bag by his head, and, like, we're, you know, going through tunnels. You're getting that, like, awkward, like, flashing light or whatever, and, uh, you know, Arthur... 
where then there's a gunshot and like it's him on the ground he got the gun out of his bag he shoots one of them he shoots the other uh he shoots the third one eventually who tries to you know run who runs a little bit away he stands up and he puts more into the guy who's down or did he just get multiple on the guy doesn't matter he's killed two of them uh right away the third guy's been shot in the thigh he runs out the back of the, the train car into the next train car screaming for help uh, they're pulling up to a stop. Uh, the doors open. Uh, Arthur and him play this game of cat and mouse of like, is he getting off? Am I getting off? Who's getting off? Uh, guy who's been shot gets off, starts trying to make a break to the stairs. Arthur comes over, guns him down a bunch in the back, uh, drops him. He's dead. And then Arthur has this moment of realization of what he's done and then takes off sprinting up the stairs uh, to exit the subway. One uh, of the stronger train. scenes, I think, of this entire film is this whole train sequence, like from the, the, the shooting on. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, getting away from the song that was, like, not there for Andy. And I do think it was awkward, but I, I don't count as not being something I've seen drunk idiots on a train do. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think that scene for me, the most realistic part is them reacting as if, like, the other people react. Is like, well, what's so funny? What the fuck are you laughing about? You know, like, getting mad at him and stuff. I think yeah. that stuff is, I think they nailed that little bit of dialogue, but yeah the scene with the one guy kind of walking up to him doing the song and dance and his other friends kind of like doing it too if i were the third i'd be like what are y'all doing like what the fuck are you like this this guy like what are you trying to do to this? i don't know it was just that i hated that song i fucking hated it Real understandable bad. uh arthur takes off running he runs past someone who's coming onto the train he runs past a few other people and he's just sprinting on the street obviously eventually you know he's you know worried about people coming after him nobody's chasing him but he, he worries about it he runs to a public restroom shuts the door, holds it shut for a while, and then kind of everything that's happened washes over him. And rather than be mortified or horrified by it, he's empowered by it. And he starts doing the dance there of, again of like, I feel some of the weight of the world being removed from his shoulders, mm -hmm. right? Again, it's him accepting who this is and what he's just done and that this was the right thing to do. And he did, you know, he's very proud of himself, obviously, as he dances throughout this thing. Um, and again, he's feeling himself, right? He, this is like the birth of the Joker, even though he won't go full Joker for a second, but it's his first taste of it. Uh, and he leaves here, goes back to the uh, apartment building, knocks on the door for Zazzy Beats. Did I say right? Mm -hmm. uh, she opens the door he immediately kisses her and pushes into the apartment she shuts the door behind him obviously we all know this is fake but in this moment you're like it's him fucking feeling himself right this carries over to him going to work the next day to clean out his locker uh he's there and one of the other you know clowns starts talking to him about it like oh man is it true that you actually did this that you went and got the uh, uh gun or whatever you brought a gun to a children's hospital what are you thinking of kind of thing and uh, you know arthur is very much like whatever you know i forget what he says exactly but he's like it doesn't you fucking matter and then uh randall right yeah randall walks in and he's like oh man shitty deal arthur or whatever and then it's like well it was that the boss had mentioned that randall had also mentioned that he had bought a 38 from him or whatever or trying to uh, buy a 38 from him, right like yeah, 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 yeah basically yeah. trying to off like offload all of the blame on yeah exactly arthur. it was trying to yeah just bury arthur uh and so yeah he's like uh you know oh and arthur bites his head off and is like you know no like it's your gun or whatever but i still i still owe you for that don't i uh and then he he leaves but he comes back he's like i forgot to punch out and he fucking punches the clock and then he does another little dance down the stairs where he stops and you know don't smile he changes the don't forget smile to don't that smile, was, and then that was one of those doors out see that was one of those elements that i think andy's talking about where they just take it a little too far and it's a little too on the nose where it's which like, part now we're starting to get the ha, don't ha, smile tattoo, ha 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 tattoos on people's faces now and the punch out too. 
The, the punch, punch out, the, I, punch out the punch I didn't out. like. I liked this. I liked the signing, and then I also liked again in the theater when he kicked open that door and it was blinding white, and then it slammed and he left. Oh, see, I like I like the punch out thing because I think he's he just has obviously issues controlling his emotions. But when that rage bubbles up, I think you need to see that someplace. Yeah, and I think we've seen it once before. Where he was kicking the thing, but that was in private, and this is the first time we see him like rage on something in front of other people and it's kind of foreshadowing things to come but i, I, I thought like, i was you know, fine with he, that too nick but the the yeah. sign thing yeah the scribbling is very much. much like it's very much damaged on I, Jared Leto's yeah, forehead. <laughs> that's what i'm and i think i think if they had just again the the frame could have told the story itself right where if he's walking down the stairs and it said don't forget to smile and you know that's the last time he's going to come in here i think that could have been more impactful than him stopping and being like where did you get the grease pen from <laughs> yeah like, that's yeah. <laughs> a little bit weird for me uh from there he's still feeling himself which leads to him he goes home he's got no job he goes home and he's again shirtless on the couch smoking grits eating cereal and they're watching thomas wayne on tv and this is again where oh, i'm mulling running for mayor and these clowns are you know these were three good men three good young men from wayne uh it's not wayne enterprises it's wayne something wayne whatever from wayne uh you know and they got gunned down by this guy and he, he it's, it's, it makes sense that he's got a clown mask on he's a clown people like this are clowns again which will be interpreted by the city at large uh, that uh, arthur has this thing where he leans back and he's smoking and his fucking rib cat is just disgusting but he's he's got the nervous leg that where he's tapping his leg I, I like how that comes up throughout the thing from there we're back to the hospital this is where the doctor breaks it to him and like hey guess what funding's cut like it's fucking over here. Nobody cares about you. You're right. Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about me. Nobody gives a shit about any of us. Like you know, he's like, it's not a very endearing message, right, or whatever. And basically, you're on your own. And he, that, which to him is, he's off his medications too, right? Because well, he he's asks like, her, right? He's like, where am I supposed to get my my meds from now? Yeah. And there's just no answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. this shit that's sucks. I I don't like terrifying. this because the the therapist needs to be better. It's like you literally you assume have went to school to get this job. It's like, there's so many like ethical things that you are responsible for. And for her to right. be like, yeah, no one cares about you. Like, I don't care how bad on your luck you are. You have a responsibility. And it's like, it just kind of like red is so awkward to me where I'm like, I, I don't believe this. Like, I know that even if you're down on your luck here, it's like, and if your shit got defunded and stuff, it's like, do you ever want a job again? Because that's not yeah. the attitude to have there. But yeah, the, but I think it was just... I, that definitely is, happens, though, Tim, that people get disenfranchised. And, you know, well, they, especially if you have a patient who, in her mind, maybe isn't being cooperative like him, isn't doing the journal, isn't taking that seriously. And not to mention it's the talk of, like, what the caseload would be for somebody in a, this position if it existed. And I, they're doing that thing where they're taking, you know... Basically, every uh, every time you've heard a bad thing about a, uh, a medical care provider, right, and being overworked and trying to boil that down and make this the one case of it, I guess. But so, Tim, you have a problem with her actually saying that to him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that could have been in his head, right? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's. That's true. I just well, I, that's another thing also, there where it's like it probably was. Didn't this I, I, actually I think... happen where like a bunch of. Yeah, Reagan shut down. Yeah, Reagan, California, right? yeah, which is why like, yeah. we have a, a, a pretty. Well, that's why a lot of people cite the homeless issue in San Francisco it comes stems from that, where they're they're just you know there's not a lot of places they can compel uh, people who are homeless to go to. And that's why they're on the streets. I very but highly has, doubt that these therapists said that stuff. Well, I mean, I think I think the idea is the, thematically. I mean, this is supposed to be like the the cascading effect of society failing from the top down right where like funding yeah. gets cut because of a political issue that is bigger than anyone can control then by the time it gets to the therapist she feels 
like she's disenfranchised as well and just has given up. But then what does that mean for the people that really need help? And they are, and that scene to me is so fucked up where he's, he just asks the question, where am I supposed to basically saying, where am I supposed to get help from now? And she's just like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't, I don't know. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's fucking horrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, so from there, Arthur is going to go do stand-up for the first time. He's got his joke journal. He goes out there. I think we all know this pretty well, right? He he His laugh overcomes him. Uh, he can't speak at first. Then he's able to finally get out a joke. Uh, and then he looks at the crowd, and Zazie Beats is there. And she's smiling, and they pan back to him. And he has another punchline. And then we hear the crowd laughing. And we see him you know, uh, enjoying the spotlight. And it seems like everything's going really well. Uh from there he then goes out on a, a date with zazzy beats Did i get it right yeah okay uh and uh they you know are having a great time they're going around they go to a donut shop they walk through this is when they walk through the newspapers right and there's a whole bunch of the headlines are all about the clown are all about joker and how this happened and he does like ah, and he's like and she's like i think he's a hero or whatever and he's like yeah bye you know what i mean everything's on cloud nine everything's finally coming up arthur after he's going off his medication and lost his job uh from there he goes home or they go home i guess but he goes to his house uh he goes in there to take care of his mom who's asleep he you know wakes her up gets her to bed uh you smell like cologne because he dances around he's like i just came back from a big date uh and then she's like cool and there's a new letter for uh, i wrote for thomas wayne make sure you mail it please mail it you know what i mean but don't forget to mail it and, and also oh. don't don't read it <laughs> It's like, of course, I'm going to read this one. Of course. Yeah, this is it. I'm fine. I finally had enough of you sending these things for presumably years. I don't know. As long as the garbage strike's been going, if not longer. Uh, He cracks into this thing and sure as shit. Yeah, I see. It's a letter about, you know, your son and all this stuff. And that Arthur is, in fact, uh, according to the letter, uh, Thomas Wayne's son, the product of uh, him and Penny having a love affair, Uh, you know. From there, he tries to confront Penny. She locks herself in the bathroom. He's pounding the door, but he wants to calm down. And, you know, she's screaming about all this different stuff. And that, you know, Thomas Wayne's a good person, yada, 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 yada. And I, I think they have a conversation here about how this would affect them and who they are and stuff, like in mayoral prospects. But whatever, you understand what we're driving at. You, you saw this fucking movie. That's why you're watching an interview. Uh, from there, it's what I was talking about earlier, where, you know, now that he has this information, Arthur is going to head out to Wayne Manor. So he gets on the nice train, not the crap train or not the crap bus. He rides out to Arkham State Asylum or whatever. Uh, the nice train where he rides it out into the country where everyone is reading the newspaper. All the newspapers are talking about uh, vigilante justice and the clown or whatever. Uh he gets off, he walks up to this lovely estate, and there is a young boy in a turtleneck uh, or cashmere pullover, I don't know, uh, playing on his, you know, sweet-ass jungle gym of things, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Going Arthur's- down the little bat cave thing. Exactly. Uh, Arthur this, sees him. This was another one of those moments, the elements that kind of stuck out to me. I was like, why would that be so close to the road? Why would that be in the front yard? What's the driveway, right? I don't think that's the road. I think it's the driveway. But I'm well, still it's like, a long driveway. Sometimes it seems so unfortunate. It's such a long driveway, but the kids, like, with the gazebo where he's playing or wherever it is, is, like, right near the front gate. I'm like, why would you build anything there? You got this 3,000-acre yard. Put it in the back of the thing where no one can see you. I, you might as I, well have had, like, a baseball bat and be like, grab that bat, man. Like, they might as well just throw that at you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this You're scene good. was really cool until he put his, his fingers in the kid's mouth. That and was They just get so weird and creepy. Because like, like there's something. Came Isn't that what they want? Like, they want it weird yeah. and creepy. Yeah. But so Alfred comes out. Like, we assume. Is, is that Alfred? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. It's like, he must know, British. right? Yeah. They don't let British yeah, people He's, he's listed as Alfred Penny, Penny, Pennyworth. In there, but, like, he, he must know then what, what's going down with Penny and, like... Yeah, he, he has her on He knows her, yeah. He's well, if there's something was... to be in on, like that's that's the whole point of sure, this. Sure, sure. Or Alfred scoffs at it, right, and then gets grabbed right. and pulled up against the thing. But it's like, is he scoffing because? I mean, does Alfred know the truth? Does Alfred think it's just a that she is it just right. what Wayne said that she's crazy? I we never had a relationship, and the okay, Mister Wayne, I take your word for it, kind of thing. Right, we just don't know. We're never gonna know. But, but I feel like, I, like I he would know the truth, you know, regardless. Well, of Michael Kane would, right? Right, Andy? Would Michael, Michael Kane know? Hey, hey, Michael Kane, what's happening? What's what are we having for lunch today, Michael Kane? Today we are going to have some minced garlic with, with no, you have to say with fucking garlic. Minced garlic. <laughs> <laughs> the main course is minced garlic. He said with. Let him get to it. Costly. We're going to have some minced garlic with some red potatoes. That's it. Corey Cutney, right. I'm going to need you Sounds to, to gift out Andy's face getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> that was the doofiest looking thing I have ever seen Look, you do. Man, you I'm method, you know, Joaquin Phoenix lost 30 pounds, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I got to get uh, I have garlic. my methods as well. I have my methods as well, everybody. Minced garlic. Uh, I like the scene. I agree with you. Why is the thing so close to the, the thing? You know, there's a split it's, family. It's, that's a nitpick. That's a nitpick. But I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy this interaction. I didn't see it coming when we sat down for the Joker. I wasn't expecting it, probably stupidly or whatever. Uh, I but didn't I, enjoy it. Oh, sorry, that you were. No, I was, I was because I know you already said you didn't enjoy. It. Go ahead. Well, I didn't enjoy it because so much of it was like not believable. Like, let's just start with a nine-year-old kid letting a stranger, strange man, put his fingers in your mouth. Tim, I put my fingers here. in your mouth all the time, and you like it. It's I fun. know you though. Like, that's different, right? <laughs> I, I, he doesn't. He doesn't. Put- I know this is the cop out we've talked about in the whole movie, and I'm not saying it justifies it, but to me, that didn't happen. And I know that that's such a cop yep. out. I'm not saying sure. I'm not saying that's okay, but like I do agree with you. That is such a leap in logic that I don't think Arthur really did it. But then but. on t- so if that's the case, then even if it didn't happen, then why is this scene here? It's just to tie Batman to the Joker, and it's just like all right, like well, that to me is not interesting enough. Part, to, part to of have the scene, scene be as weird as it is. Part of the scene for sure happened because Thomas Wayne refers to it afterwards. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, 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 no, I, yeah. I, I definitely think it happens. Yeah, See, I think it happened. I just think I just, it's the kid was the kid was like, "You're a dumb kid. You don't know what the hell's going on. Someone does a match trick for you, like cool, you know." And then, yeah, <laughs> cool, just dude. Through. Hey, man, awesome match. I mean, and also you guys have to remember this is the well, eighties, simpler, simpler time, simpler time back then, Greg. If I, I showed you a magic trick, you'd go with me anywhere. But then he also puts his hands on Alfred, and. Bruce Wayne, little baby Bruce, is sitting in the back, just not doing shit about it. Like, See, that's I, I, if I like, you're like, ah, ah, like, you know, like I would have been yelling and shit, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like know. when a movie does that, when it's like, when the excuse could so easily be like, well, that didn't happen. It just weakens it so much, you know? Sure. See, that's that, but see, that wasn't my interpretation of a lot of these events. Like, I think that the, those elements that he was imagining are just are few and far between. I understand how people could interpret that that way, but I, I think the scene, I think some of these scenes were just not that well crafted. And I think this is one of them Again, that I, sticks out to me as being like, eh, we could have we could have reimagined this a little it's bit. It's open to your interpretation. And the actual Greg Miller interpretation of it is that. Everything happens except for the Zazie beat stuff. Like that, the thing yeah, that we're, we're shown that isn't real isn't well. real. So I yeah. mean, like, I enjoy the discussion of it and I enjoy the conversation of it. Like, it does that do it? Blah blah blah. But like, I do think that he did put his fingers in the mouth and Bruce didn't move. And it's like for us to sit here and be like, "What the fuck?" Like, be yeah. But like, I mean, like, and I, I without like getting into really murky territory or not even murky, I just shitty territory. Like, 
bad things happen to the kids all the time because they don't know like what's allowed and not allowed. Yeah. And is it that yeah. Bruce Wayne, who's in this ivory tower, who has never been approached by anybody and doesn't run and doesn't scream because he just doesn't know what the fuck's going on? Is that part of it? And is that the, I don't know what the fucking interpretation it was for the writer and why he thought all that would happen and not do it. But like kids are kids. I, I, I don't mean this is a joke. I, I mean, because I, I was going to say kids are stupid, which isn't kids are inexperienced. And I don't yeah. and that leads to all sorts yeah. of fucking horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible things. Uh, they don't know how to deal with these situations. That's how I read this, too. I just I, was, I think I think it was just like, what the fuck you're is an going adult on? and I listen to adults and you're doing this. OK, are right. you the dentist? I don't know. I, I get the feeling that the scene was to like made to be like off-putting and weird but i feel like it goes too far and it like takes away from the moments we have beforehand when where he like you can tell he's kind of like he's he's gone there to talk to thomas but now he's looking at this kid with a different like set of eyes where he's like oh this 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 is my brother you know in his mind and uh, i just wish they had done it where like instead he just says something creepy like smile you have to smile to make them think you're you know something weird joker-esque but instead, yeah. it, it well, just I, I like this because it was for me at least a direct callback to the opening scene. Right, he's doing it because he just did that, and he knows his his Arthur knows his face so well from sitting there and doing makeup and fucking with it that he feels like if he does it, this can he, can I see myself in Bruce? Can I oh, see yeah. whatever my father, who's a question mark, and I guess my mom too. Yeah, can I see? Well, I guess can I see my mother and my father in this? Do I? Right. Does his face react the same way mine does? Is That's what I read it as. I just think if I think if Chris O'Donnell and Robin made an appearance in this movie, it would be way better. I hey, Chris, hey Chris, what are we having for lunch today? This garlic. <laughs> no, we're not. I don't want to hear his Chris O'Donnell impression. All right. I don't think I don't have one. So, yeah, he he lays hands on Alfred, which is a bad move, but Alfred gets away. Alfred does imply that he. Well, I know this penny thing, and there's nothing going on. Uh, uh, Arthur goes back to Gotham, where he finds his mother being wheeled out uh, on a stretcher into an ambulance. He gets in there. She collapsed and hit her head. This is a weird, weird, again, to my thing is where I do believe that it, it, the way I interpret the movie, whatever, that like the main stuff is this Desi. But like here, there's a whole thing that goes on with how this happened. Who called the, this for her? Whatever. If she hurt herself, doesn't matter. the cops. But why aren't the cops there to immediately greet Arthur Fleck? Why do they meet him at the fucking thing? You know what I mean? I if mean, I'm I, questioning your mom, or I guess if I'm a police officer and I'm questioning your mom, Nick, and she goes down in the middle of an investigation, I would think we would still be on scene. We wouldn't be like, peace correct. out. It's one of those situations where, you you know, like the guys are about, they just robbed the bank and they get pulled over and the cop's about to look in the car, but then they get another call. It's like, hey, there's a, there's a 192 on 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 highway 192 miles an hour over there fuck uh so anyways they go to the hospital uh she's put into the hospital he's outside smoking the cops come up they were questioning her that was that's what led to her having you know this thing and falling down or whatever because they were there to ask her about arthur because of course he was the clown and he had brought a gun to the thing and you know that there's I don't know if you know this fucking guy killed a bunch of people dressed as a clown and he had a fucking gun and, the, and Arthur is like whatever fuck off kind of thing you know what I mean I'm in the middle of this like I don't have time for your shit right now kind of thing flicks a cigarette goes back inside slams um, his head onto the door that's the, man, like, you know oh what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah that's times. an exit only exit only guys that was such some... a, that was such a to me that was such a Joker moment where he slams it and then just like. Obviously, he did it as an accident, but that's such a Joker thing to do. Like, I could see Heath Ledger's Joker doing that. I don't know. I just kind of read that as like, wow, what a, what a really unsettling thing to have happen to him at that moment. Uh, back inside, uh, Zazie Beats is there, but she and she's like comforting him, but she's going to get a cup of coffee. He'd like a cup of coffee. She leaves the room. Uh, Murray Franklin comes on, and this is where Murray is like, I got a tape from Pogo's. Is that what it was? Yeah. 
Pogo's yeah. nightclub over there. I mean, that sucks because Pogo is a is a is a corn dog up in uh, Canada. They I must mean, have really been pissed off. They must really have really pissed off. <laughs> now they can't sell them anymore. I heard they had to cancel all of them. Really? Uh, poor dogs. Never Robert De Niro's like, here's this video from Pogo's or whatever. And let me tell you, it's something. And they start playing in the other, just making fun of it. You know what I mean? Like, he's not good. He's he, Every time he does a punchline, Murray Franklin comes back to fucking dunk on his ass. You know what I mean? You're like, this fucking sucks and you suck. And this is all fucking garbo or whatever. Um, and he's like, mm, he gets all mad, but he's on there and it's like, mm, I was on TV, but I wasn't on TV for the right reasons kind of shit. Um, and so then he, yeah, m- mom stays in the hospital. He goes home. Uh, uh, okay. He goes home and he's surrounded by like kill the rich shit. Like everything that's going on. There's a protest. I've somewhere it must maybe he's watching TV the news he's watching the news and they say that Thomas Wayne's gonna be at this fucking fundraiser out where the protests are like the pro, you know the the poor people are protesting where the rich people are gonna be he knows Thomas Wayne's gonna be there I, I digress so he goes down there and it's like the opera house but they're doing this Charlie Chaplin movie thing or whatever I was like all right cool and outside everybody's dressed as a clown and they're all like you know fuck the rich and fuck Thomas Wayne he's gonna be a shitty mayor we don't want to be the mayor uh, and, and yeah he must have heard here right this is where uh, Thomas Wayne on TV kind of recants a little bit of like I'm not saying everybody's a clown I'm saying the person who killed the people are a clown not the poor people you're not clowns some of you are acting like clowns but you're not all clowns um and so Arthur you know, there's this giant protest. It's really, uh, it's heated up out there. One guy shoves the cops. They start, there's a scuffle. Arthur uses that to duck underneath a thing and go in through like the service entrance of this uh, theater or whatever. And he gets in there and he finds an usher's outfit and puts that on. Yeah, Nick Scarpino, sorry. Sorry, I was gone for a little bit. Did we talk about how odd it was that this is the senator from the Dark Knight Rises? No. <laughs> We've ignored that part. It's so odd. I'm like, what it's is so good? casting? You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Yeah, the fact that I have for you is uh, Thomas Wayne was supposed to be uh, Alec Baldwin, who oh, was, that would was great. confirmed for the role. And then uh, at the day after it was announced, backed out due to scheduling conflicts. Oh, that's too bad. Nick, I think Alec Baldwin would have been just like De Niro. It would have been too, it would have been too hard to see past Baldwin. Just bumping into shit. Well, that's right, because they talked about how they were, they were <laughs> when, when that casting came out, I think they were talking about how he was like, this character was supposed to be a little bit more like a Trump style character. And then Alec Baldwin coming in seemed like a good fit or something mm. like that. But uh, the, I, I'm glad they didn't either. I'm, I'm with Greg on that. That probably would have been hindsight. Now that probably would have been a little distracting. The The theater scene was distracting to me and weird where, totally. so, so Arthur comes in with the, you know, puts on the, whatever the hell it's called. The, uh, Usher the Usher, outfit is what I call Usher it. outfit. And uh, then they're watching this play and like, what was no the direction to the audience of just, just continue laughing. Laugh every three seconds at whatever the fuck's going on. And I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Everyone, go back and watch this scene. It's extremely weird. It's, it's, how weird. Tim, it's, a, it's a dude on rollerblades. Come on, man. That's fucking hilarious. You know what I mean? He's I mean, just more. I'm not trying to take uh, shots at Charlie Chaplin in his comedy. But it's just like, yeah, is, would you still get uproarious laughter, you know, 50 years after it originally aired? I don't yeah, know. Just like, no. I, I've seen that scene. I've seen it more from the technical thing of how they did, like, making it look like he was skating over this giant drop when in reality he wasn't or whatever. Coward. But it's, it's just coward. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just like, I don't know, man. That's why he never made it in the business. Yeah, yeah <laughs> He's exactly. scared to commit. Uh, yeah. Anyways, though, he sees Thomas Wayne to get up to go take a piss. Is this important, Kevin? Nope. 
Okay, to get, take a piss. And so uh, he sees that and he slips off over there and he goes in the bathroom. He takes off his Usher outfit and Thomas Wayne's taking a piss in what is a really nice urinal. Just a really, really nice urinal. Bang up, uh, one day I aspire to have that much money to have a urinal that nice in my house. I'd like it's to never gonna happen, that urinal. Or Greg. Doesn't matter, Damn. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just let me know. I'm never going to get there. <laughs> Great for you, am I? But just <laughs> got a chance. Got a chance for you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, and so Thomas Wayne's like, what's going on? You want an autograph or something? He's like, no, I'm Arthur Fleck. I'm Penny Fleck's son. He's like, you're the guy who came to my house yesterday. And he's like, you know, we know the scene. He lays it out of like, I know everything, dad. Like this. And he's like, I never had hey, sex dad. with your mom. You were adopted. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. So Greg, you're in a bathroom, right? And some guy yeah. comes up to you and says, hey, I think you're my dad. And you, and, and you yesterday, you're uh, probably overpaid at this point. British uh, butler tells you that some random dude put his fingers in your kid's mouth. Do you, A, have a civil conversation with this guy, B, call the cops, or just C, blinding rage? Knock him the fuck out. Knock yeah. this motherfucker out and call the cops. We don't out. even know if no, you're a billionaire also. We don't know if Bruce can speak, so he might not he have been able to okay. like actually tell him that he put his fingers in his mouth. You know what I mean? He's like we nine years old. That. He never says a goddamn word, though. You know what I mean? Quiet as a church mouse. Uh, but yeah, if somebody touches, uh, what, have we named my child yet? Yeah, it's what? young Greg Miller Jr. Young Greg Miller Jr. Somebody touches young Greg Miller, I'll fucking kill him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I will bathe that beautiful urinal in your blood, Arthur Black. If you fucking Christ. show your face after that. Yeah, <gasps> Thomas Wren's got to be thinking <laughs> like, exactly. Greg, there's no cameras in the restroom. Nobody's going to see. Nobody, there's going to be no witnesses. Nobody's going to know that you walked in there and you were there at the time that this man is on the ground, beaten and bloody on the ground. Sure. Just knocking the fuck out. I, you know, Greg, they should have cast you as Thomas Wren in this fucking movie. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. It feels like there's about the same age difference between you and Walking Phoenix, and you and or and Walking Phoenix and fucking Thomas Wayne. And there's not, but it's like they look the same. They're the same age. Do they? Dude, get one of those makeup pens. Give me crow's feet. I'm 62. Nobody, you know what I mean. I blend right in. Exactly. I feel like he looked a lot older. (laughs) Oh man, Tim, while you were gone, I murdered him in the urinal. (laughs) Classic, Greg. Classic, Greg. My wife just slammed the door. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, everything I just said happened. Thomas lays it out. She was admitted to the hospital. She, you know, she, you were adopted. This is all not a real thing or whatever. But you are the guy, you know, touched my kid or whatever. He does punch him in the stomach, right? He's like, if you ever fucking come what by my face? house again, I'll kill you. Right. Face was it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because he keeps calling him dad. And he won't let it go. And so yeah, he bleeds over the beautiful sink that I hope one day to be able to afford for my house. Uh, Nick, never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh joaquin phoenix aka arthur flex like i'll get to the bottom of this so he goes to arkham state hospital uh and he goes up to the records department and the guy there who is a he's a character oh he was in the new child's play he was the cop in the new child's play uh child's play cop he comes back with it he's like sorry anything older than you know 10 years this is it's 30 years ago so i had to go down there and get it i got it uh arthur acting increasingly unhinged head against the you know the mesh and asking all these questions like how people could get in here <laughs> he's just like yeah like, you know i did something really bad i thought i'd feel bad about it but i don't he's like what are you talking about <laughs> like what are you going on about right now man um that's the that's the point where i'd be like this there's a little tiny opening if there's a little little gate i just kind of start shutting the gate sure sure, you know sure, I mean? sure, sure, sure. just locking myself behind this bar and be like i need you to leave sir instead I- he doesn't he continues to engage yeah go ahead Kev. I was just saying, this scene is so just unbelievable with like people's personal information. Like, there's no way the dude would be like, all right, let me start reading parts. Of the- oh, this is about you. 
I'm going to close. You know what? We're not supposed to read this to people. So what I was doing two minutes ago, that was really wrong. And now that I know it's about you, I'm going to stop. It's a little Come bit on. weird. Come on. That's a little weird saying. We didn't well, have actor, HIPAA violations. Also from Atlanta. He's Who is? The guy. The actor. Oh, okay. The child's play guy. He's like the, the main character in Atlanta. Oh, is Atlanta good? Should people. I watch Atlanta? You I need to watch Atlanta. About Atlanta. It's What's it fantastic. On? FX. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's going to okay. say it's on Hulu. Um. Anyways, yeah. So he reads through the thing, and he's like talking about like yeah abuse and the, her being admitted and the adoption. And he's like, oh yeah, I can't do. It. Uh, Arthur grabs it. They struggle for a second, but then he runs away with it. And he has a very unique run, Arthur Fleck. I want to point well, that out. Good you job know what? I wonder if they because D pointed this out. She was like, did they just make him wear like shoes that were like five times too big for him? Because mm-hmm. his shoes look comically big, yeah. like a clown. And when he runs, he has trouble running in them. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a choice from the production design. Uh, he runs on the stairwell and starts reading it and all the stuff we've kind of hinted at and talked about are there. You know, he's adopted. I love the fact that, you know, so many people were hung up on comic book fans. Of like, oh, the Joker doesn't ha- doesn't usually have an origin. We don't know his name. That's how it should be, yada, yada, yada. I love that, you know, it, this deep into the movie, right, he opens it up and you find out that he was an abandoned child, so he has no name technically. They gave him Arthur Fleck, but that's not his name. I like that they kind of, in the most... We're going to make a grounded Joker film. They kept that as much as they could. You know what I mean? I thought that was neat. But yeah, then this is where the abuse is laid out. Uh, this is where he reads the interview somebody uh, did with his uh, mom upon admittance to the hospital, right? Where she's in the psychiatric ward and she's there all like, uh, not comatose, but like uh, disassociated. And she's got a black eye. And, you know, they found him chained to a radiator. He had been beaten by her boyfriend. He, she had been beaten by her boyfriend. What did she know? What didn't she know? That kind of thing. Really setting up how fucking horrible Arthur's life was. Is it standard procedure for uh, hospitals to clip out newspaper clippings? Uh, in the 80s, yes. Okay. Mic- microfiche is very expensive. You know what I mean? So they yeah. didn't have that kind of machine. At, uh, I just State don't think hospital. that like, that's medically Kevin, relevant, you know? Yeah, nowadays, oh, Kevin, man. they would just um, they would just take notes and write them in that little like, – yeah. those pieces of paper in the thing and just yeah. say, hey, this person suffered this, like right, refer to right, this right. police report or whatever. But back then, you just – you wanted a little like – context for everything yeah, yeah. Well, keep in mind back then it's like they didn't know what they were doing it was it, they had two they had two things are you sane or are you crazy that was it and if you were crazy they put your clippings in there the file and they put you in they put you in their quote-unquote loony bin yeah. also on the other side maybe there'd be good coupons great point yeah. too great point right too. in the paper that's always the fun thing like when you take down your christmas decorations back home and you find out like what year the lights are wrapped in the newspaper of it's back what? in the day obviously now Why are you wrapping lights in newspaper Oh, lights can break because they're glass. So if you wrap them there, they're padded. So you don't they don't keep break as much. No, not back in the day. Your parents mm. didn't. Maybe mm. you're obsessed with believe in boxes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. The 80s were crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, so That's from here, Arthur, it was all Reagan's fault. Uh, <laughs> Arthur's uh, life falling apart. He walks home in the rain. He goes to his apartment, not his apartment. He goes to Zaze Beat's apartment. And he, it's not, door's not locked. This is a problem. Lock your doors, everybody. It's you know what idea, I mean? Yeah. Especially if you live in a bad part of Gotham. And I understand you got a kid going in and out all the time. But even in nice buildings, you can do it. Back in my old uh, apartment downtown, I walked into the wrong apartment twice. Because, you know, you get off, all the floors look the same. You walk all the way in, they, they didn't lock their doors. I open up, I'm in somebody else's apartment. Um, lock How'd they take that? Uh, the first time, uh, very shocked, yeah. very shocked, and I didn't know them that well at that point. They were the above neighbors, but then back then we used to party. You know, we were close to IG and we come home and party. So then after that, I had a lot of like twelve thirty one one in the morning visits from them. So we kind of knew each other from that. So the second time, I was very much like, ah, sorry guys, and shut the door and left. Hmm. But you thought after the first time, 
Where they were, yeah, exactly. They didn't, yeah, because if I'm if I'm a people living in an apartment and a, an eight foot four man walks into my house, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just calling it. I'm Anyways, he walks in there. She's putting her kid down. He sits on her couch. She comes out. There's <gasps> a shock. She's like, "Oh my god!" Like you're in the wrong apartment. And then it's like, "Wait, you're Arthur, right? You lived on. Do you need me to call somebody? Should I call your mother?" And he's like, "I've had a really bad day." And it's super unnerving again. Did they show it here where like they go through the flashes and it's clear this is all fake? That everything yeah. we saw before is fake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all fake. Uh, from there, then he walks back down his uh, apartment or the hallway to his apartment. We don't know what happened in there. You know what I mean? Left to your interpretation. He goes into his apartment. That's when the lights are and sirens are going. He's, I think, smoking and laughing on his couch, right? While this is happening. Uh, he then goes to this. He's feeling himself, right? This is the Joker rising. Joker, the Joker rises. Yeah, uh, he goes, he goes back. I know you're waiting for it. That's the, the <laughs> you know, you knew I'd get there. Uh, he goes back to the hospital, right? Um, oh, I totally skipped, by the way. Sorry, didn't I? Yeah, I totally skipped somewhere, or is it here? Let's just say right around here, he gets a phone call that he answers. No, he kills his mom first. He kills his mom. Then he goes back home and takes everything out of his fridge and goes in the thing like he's going to kill himself. But then he's just like living awkwardly in his apartment, sad and lonely in his whitey tidies. Is that how people kill themselves? That's what that was? Because I was just like, what an awkward scene where he like put himself in the fridge. Yeah, I mean, that's how, like, if you remember, like, I don't know if you remember, but like when I grew up, because I'm old and Nick's old too, you were told all the time, don't you see a refrigerator out on the street to be thrown away. I'm not kidding. Don't get in the fridge because you'll die. The the way those hold on, let me talk. I'm telling the story. (laughs) I'm telling the story, Nick. I apologize, Greg. It's fine. But it was that, you know, I was always like, that's the stupidest thing in the world. You can kick open a fridge really easily. But what they're talking about is like the 50s fridges that had those big metal deals on them. They'd shut and lock from the outside. You needed to pull the handle to open the mechanism, and there was nothing on the inside. So stupid fucking kids in the 60s and 70s, and not stupid, again, kids who just don't know any better, would be playing with their friends and play hide-and-seek or whatever and climb into a fucking fridge and die in it. Because How airtight, common obviously. was it for fridges to just be on the streets? It was common enough that me, enough both that me and Greg it. had an, probably a, 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 an abnormal fear of refrigerators. Currently. Oh, shit. Do we need to yeah. add to the list, Nick? It's, oh, definitely. That's like number six on the list for me. Greg, of course, quicksand lasers uh, sure. in the 80s. Sure, 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 sure. You didn't want a laser anywhere near your eye. It was going to fucking just go burn through your skull. And now, of course, our grandmother's refrigerator is the most dangerous thing in the house, for sure. Mm-hmm. Policemen so anyways, would go to schools and warn children. You gotta be, you gotta be careful with fridges and strangers putting their fingers in your mouth. <laughs> you gotta it was, be it was that. It, it was syringes in the uh, in the playground, and then it was uh, razor blades and in Halloween candy. So those are the things you had to just really watch Jesus. out for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find how. I'm trying to get you more. I'm trying to. Yeah. It takes so much uh, energy, doesn't it, Greg? No, I'm trying to get you refrigerator stats on kids dying here. By the oh. mid 1950s, deaths were not uncommon for the ch- for children in the United States. For example, statistics in the 18 months of January 1954 to June 1956 show that 54 children were known to have been trapped in household refrigerators, and that 39 of them died. As the issue rose to prominence, people were asked not to abandon refrigerators and to detach doors of unused refrigerators. At least one state, Oklahoma, enacted legislation making uh, the abandonment of a fridge with a latch with a latch in a location where a child might find it illegal. Uh, as early as 1954, alternative methods to securing airtight closures had been suggested. 
the Refrigerator Safety Act in 1956. Yeah, this is the one. Right. Greg, I'm glad you got to this one. This was is the important one. They changed the way refrigerator doors stay shut. It was codified, blah, blah, blah. The act applied to all refrigerators manufactured in the United States after October 31st, 1958, and is largely responsible for the adoption of the magnetic mechanism, uh, which is now used instead of the lash. There was so much discourse about Joker, about, oh, it's going to inspire so much hatred, so much. I didn't know that it was going to inspire the return of the, the dreaded fridge. But here yeah, we are. The fridge discourse, yeah. <laughs> so Literally, anyway. My parents used to tell me, if you're going to go into the fridge, take a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, my God. He kills, <laughs> he kills his mom. He goes back home. And either he gets the call there or in, in ignores the cop calls. Or he got it earlier and I forgot about it. But he goes back home. And now it's like uh, prep time for Murray Franklin. So he starts watching videotapes of uh other guys being interviewed on murray franklin and how they came out and he put up a shower curtain so he can practice and do all this shit and uh he also then shows us that he's going to kill himself on murray franklin's show right he has a gun that's his whole thing and he's going to kill himself there and do the thing uh and from there we go into now it's the time to birth the joker thing right so we get another uh, montage I, number i, I just want to say really i just want to yeah. say really quick walking phoenix like phenomenal in this sequence like yeah. I, I love i love him fighting with himself and figuring out what exactly he's going to do and trying to get it down right and getting frustrated visibly frustrated with himself all this scene i think he did such a damn good job in yeah um so yeah he starts painting or he dyes his hair first right and he's shaking it all around it's a montage so it doesn't matter he's doing that uh paints his face white paints his tongue white uh finds the photo that said i love your smile right or your smile so great from thomas wayne or whatever crumples it up i fucking kill her and i'll kill you too thomas wayne but not directly uh while he's waiting and getting ready there's a ding dong over at the, the the door uh he grabs a pair of scissors and goes to answer it i would assume thinking he's going to be the police or also just not giving a shit right he's he's completely gone now uh instead it is gary and randall uh they come in and they're like oh, i heard about your mom we brought you a bottle of booze and also and randall's also like you know also they're you know still asking those cops are still around asking about the murders and stuff and uh they're asking me a lot about me so i need to know what you said about me or whatever and he's like oh yeah no that makes sense oh also he t- he had been smoking he put out his cigarette on the wall and made a smiley face with it he's like oh that makes sense and he fucking stabs randall in the throat and then a bunch of times in the eye and the blood split sprays off uh the neck and everything else into his face and onto the wall Randall goes down just a phenomenal uh, bit acting here from Lee Gill who plays Gary just his screams of like Arthur why like, oh like, why Arthur why you it's like so fucking like again you, I, like again this whole so real this yeah. whole movie is obviously I think made to make you uncomfortable and be a, not an uncomfortable experience which is what I talk, talked about earlier about like not being an enjoyable film but again this scene I feel is on such another level of I remember being in theaters like oh my god again because what we know of gary uh is that he is a nice guy he is nice to arthur right and also he's getting picked on all the time too at work uh so when randall's killed and arthur just sits down next to the body the tension there right of gary not knowing what to do and arthur being like it's okay you can go i'm not gonna do anything to you and then it's like that thing of like me as a a, you know a comic fan or whatever i was like what version of the Joker is this? Can you take him at his word? Is he like right. what? And it's like when he comes over and he's like, eh, and like ah, and like oh, I'm just screwing with you. And then like so when he gets tough. to the door and he starts, he's like, he can't get and the lock. And, the lock. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Sad. Oh yeah. my god. I do think Lee, like like Lee Gill's uh, performance is obviously really good in convincing the scene, but then it's even it's made even better when he sees the body and yeah. has that yeah. visceral yeah. reaction. Oh, look at that. oh look at that. shit! Like look what the fuck? Like it's so good, dude. I. This is like 
there what are would you say it is, people- Andy? What would you say this is? Would you say that it is your secret delight? I don't know if it's the Batman returns to the dark night. It's Gotham's finest secret delight. Gary's my secret delight. Lee Gill's performance. Yeah, I'm putting that in here as Gary Joker. That's a great one, Tim. Good call. Like the, like the fact that the Joker didn't kill him. That's that is actually my secret delight. Because I was like, don't do this to yeah, Gary. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did love that. And the, uh, I love it in such a not that I love it. You know what I mean? But I think this yeah. scene is so good and so oof. And I'm, even my third viewing, I'm still like, ah, yeah, for, 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 for how I feel about this movie, and I'm not super high on it. I think there are like really good, damn good standout scenes. And this is one of them where the acting is just sort of carries it. And then, yeah, I thought they did. I thought they did a great job. So now the Joker is uh, fully realized. Uh, we have him in full paint, the full suit. He gets in the elevator, goes down, then he dances down the stairs to the Chicago Bulls <laughs> anthem song that I believe is written by a pedophile, and that's why everybody flipped out about this scene. Uh, and we didn't know that, obviously, when we used it for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I assume, I don't know, I was like nine years old. Uh, and the Chicago, I didn't know, know anything any of this. you just said. Yeah. Uh, I wish I geez. didn't know. Yeah, I Greg, like I, was, I was with you with the refrigerators, but we're off the reservation <laughs> here. I don't know where we're at. This now. is the type of thing I don't want to know. Let's just move on. I love that song. And hey, I want to like to address it so song. people know. All right. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> Everything I said is correct. And this is the CNN headline Joker. Well, thanks for blurring it out now. Oh, I got to see this ad for Shop Now. Huh? You seeing that? Joker uses a song by convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. He's probably making money off of it. Go in, 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 go uh, get into that on your own. Uh, I always he, I always associate that song with uh, "We Will Rock You" by Queen. Uh, like they're like they are such anthem songs. They are such Bulls, uh, '90s Bulls like uh, NBA anthems. I just always I don't know why I thought like oh this is Queen. <laughs> Even though like I, I know it's not Queen. I, I don't know why it's stupid. Uh, so Joker descends the stairs, not a care in the world, dancing, stomping, smoking his cigarettes. Also, Nick, how bad do you want a cigarette watching this film? You know, at first, really badly, but by about halfway through, I'm like, God, there's, it's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, he's chained. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I really want a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> the cops that we talked about earlier, who is the one dude from Boardwalk Empire and the other dude from The Outsider, uh, and now the new voice in Forensic Files too, by the way, uh, they're like, hey, Arthur. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he just takes off running. They're like, oh, fuck. They take off running. And everybody's running through the streets now. Arthur gets hit by a cab and just takes it like a champ, just smashes the window, rolls down, and keeps running. Uh, eventually running to the train, getting onto the train. Uh, the cops run down. They're like, oh, there's another train. another train. They get on the train. Everybody's going to the Joker uh, rally, the you know uh, protest downtown they're all wearing joker masks they've got their faces painted uh you know arthur keeps slipping further and further back in the cars the cops keep giving chase and they're you know screaming like police police they got their badges out and shit uh at one point though like third car in uh arthur or i should start calling joker joker takes the mask from one dude who turns around and then uh, or pushes uh, joker and then another dude turns around and hits the guy who pushed joker and then a, a full-on scrum happens uh joker puts on his uh, the mask and fades back a bit the cops show up. They see uh, Joker in the back. They have the, the one guy from Boardwalk Empire has his gun drawn. He's like, freeze, get on. And then another guy who's just there, you know, is yelling at the cop. Then he grabs it and struggles for the gun. The gun goes off. That guy goes down. And the entire co- train car turns on the cops and grabs them. And, it, the you know, it rolls up to its stop. And the doors open. It's just mob justice. They pull him out. Everybody pours out of this thing. Joker pours out of the thing. Takes off his mask. Does a little dance in the eye line of the cop. Drops it in the trash goes about his way because he's going now uh to the murray franklin show and so because he's gonna do his presentation there he's gonna do his whole thing there and so 
I'm trying to think. I don't skip anything, right? It's from the subway to Murray Franklin. He's backstage, I think, right? Am I thinking right? I think I'm right. Uh, he's backstage. Yeah. Uh, yep. He's already written whatever he wrote on the fucking window. I don't know. Didn't fucking take a smile, eat a pill. Uh, and so he's there, and he's he's doing more of his makeup because he's got to touch it up because he got all fucked up on the train. Uh, Murray Franklin shows up at the door alongside Mark Marin, which yeah. is yeah. just another, like, why? I understand, like, it's a why, and it's just like, I love – uh, Mark Maron's got a great podcast and he interviewed Obama and he's great on uh, Glow. the show that got canceled. Glow, Glow thank Glow. you. And yeah. it's like, this is all great. Mark, you're a bit too, like you're one of those that like, why is Mark Maron? Like he pops up and it's just like, what? Mark Maron. He's a good you know? producer though. You know? He does. He's not bad, Kevin. You would have played it better from experience, you know? Uh, but Mark shows up with uh, Murray to give him the rundown. Murray's like, you know, yeah, you know. Well, the, the initial conversation is, of course, there is a fucking riot outside of people dressed like clowns. You, sh- It should be a no. <laughs> no, you don't get to dress as a clown. I mean, but that, they, that is the conversation, right? Like it Mark shouldn't Marin, be a conversation is what yeah. I'm saying. And, and Murray's like, no, is it a political statement? And Joker's like, no, it's not a political statement. He's like, it's not a political statement. It's, he just wants to bring smiles and laughter to the world, Mark Marin. Fuck off. True. But also, like, this is, but, but also like uh, this person that you're bringing on, it's not as if you're bringing on Johnny fucking Carson in a, in a, like it's a random dude with a clown, yeah, paint face paint. It's like, right? Well, why are you putting so much like trust into yeah. this I random mean, person? It's, you it's, don't yeah. know, being like, yeah, come on, we know him, we know him, we know how he thinks. Like, if Andrea like, Renee oh, showed up for kind of funny games daily in Joker makeup, I'd be like, all right, whatever. If some guy I've never heard of that I'm giving the up and cover shot shows up dressed in clowning, I'm like, nope. now it's weird, and we have to have a conversation about yeah. what's going the on. The amount of times that we've opened up Discord and. Greg Miller's betting cloud makeup. I'm Greg. Yeah, you, you are. It. You are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That, you think we'd pivot that time. quickly? Like, let's like you know, it's one of those things that like five minutes before the show starts, I'm like, uh, this guy's in clown makeup. Greg, you come in. Like, what? That's, I guess that's with, a lot I, going I, on. I pivot. guess with Greg, I I wouldn't I'd like trust to it. it. I wouldn't trust it whatsoever. At any moment, would I feel trust? Oh no! If I see God, Greg no. with clown makeup, I would accept it. Greg, I would be like, "Oh, Greg's in clown Fair. makeup," but Fair. I would never feel safe. I'll say that. Do you remember? Do we all? You we all remember Greg, around me, Andy. We all we all remember Greg Miller Industries, right? Where that's just <laughs> that was just sprung on us. We had three people sitting behind us for every show. A rock sprung on you. It was definitely talked about in a meeting you didn't pay attention in, but yeah, it was sprung on you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, they talk some more. He wants to be introduced as Joker. Why? That's what you called me like. Okay, whatever. I'm fucking. See, that would have been my red flag. I'm like, okay, this guy's got a gun. He's got whatever you say. Whatever you say. You know what I mean? Uh, And so then, yeah, the show is going and Joker's backstage and, you know, they start doing the intro to him and he's he's already doing his weird little dance behind the satin drapes or whatever. (laughs) And like the two crew members are like, what the fuck is going on? But no one alerts anything, you know, weird. The show's got to go on. And so they open it up. Uh, He comes out, does a little dance, uh, shakes Murray's hands, uh, you know, makes out with the sex doctor they have there. That's like their Dr. Ruth. Which is a reference to Greg? Dr. Ruth. Ruth. The Dark Knight <laughs> comic. Joker's oh, on the talk yeah, show. Yeah. Kisses a woman. Oh, okay. So not the character. Okay, whatever. Good yeah. call. Um, so he sits down and that starts the interview, right? And, uh, you know, Murray is still making fun of him and doing stuff. Uh, you know, he do you want to hear a joke? Sure. He pulls out his joke book and he tells one. What was it about? Dead kids or something? I forget. It's something like that. 
right? Anybody? Yeah, something, something doesn't cool, matter. Murray's like, that's not what we're about on this show. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll keep it. I'll keep it more PG. And then I forget how they get into. He reveals he's the Joker. He reveals he's the guy. I killed those people or whatever, right? Right. And, and Murray's like, he had a like, tough time since he had killed those people. Right, 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 right. And then and everything. Like, they're like, that's not funny, boo. And he's like, I, I don't think he's joking. This is Robert De Niro again. I don't think he's joking. You really killed those men, didn't you? Yeah. And you think it's funny. I do, and I'm tired of everybody thinking it's not. I really like the performance here because it's just so unsettling and weird. And again, from going from Arthur to being the Joker, like I know it sounds probably goofy, but there is such a difference here, and just in the way he acts, talks, portrays everything, and you know, interacts with everybody. But it's what we expect, right? Where this goes, um, you know, Mark Maron is in the eye line of Murray, telling him to cut it, like just get out of this, like let's dump and move to something else. But Murray engages and continues to engage, and it keeps ratcheting up and keeps ratcheting up, keeps ratcheting up. And then there's the line that I'll probably butcher, right? But what do you cross? What, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill person with a system that's forgotten him or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You get you get you get what you fucking deserve, and he blows uh, Murray God. away, screams, everybody runs, right? Yeah, and it, it doesn't play, and maybe I'm sure in Tim's THX basement, it plays way different. But I I remember so distinctly being in the theater watching this film and how loud that gunshot was, and then how loud it was when he put the gun on the desk when he tossed the gun down on the desk. Because I remember, uh, you know, something we talked about in the original screencast interview or screencast review, I guess, was the fact that, like, you look at how Joker's been portrayed. And I guess I'm painting with a very broad brush here. But usually, like, there's a super high body count. And granted, by the end of this film, there is here as well. But, like, you know, for the most part of it, it's just those three dudes in the beginning of the Joker's killed until he it becomes the Joker and kills a few more people. But, again, it's not gassing the city it's not the narrows eating itself alive it's not you know nicholson in uh, batman 89 right and so i remember how powerful the one gunshot was to de niro and then the toss of it was there and then i you know, I, I, he shot him a bunch after he's already dead but it doesn't matter i'm just saying how like what this movie's going for and how unsettling it is and how it kept me on edge for different reasons than a mass murder movie or something like that's going on mm-hmm. however though i thought it was interesting that he killed uh de niro instead of himself not the most mind-blowing thing, but I thought it's more interesting than him. Like, if the movie had just ended of he kills himself and he becomes a symbol because all this, that would have been, like, way lazier than what we actually got. Yeah. Uh, everybody runs, obviously. Uh, he then walks over to the camera and does, tries to do near a sign-off of, remember, that's life. And they cut him before he can say that's life. Uh, then we get the technical difficulties things. But then as we pan out to all the other screens, we get more and more of the news coming online, talking about what's happening and that, you know, uh, Murray Franklin's been shot dead on his show. Which, uh, by the way, like, I think it's a terrible sign-off. Like, come on. Like, it's an awful sign-off. And and what do we have? That's, that's life. And, like, it, it, it feels like they only have that that's life song, you know? They only have it for the song, yeah. Like, I, I, I hate what Robert De Niro does at the first time. I was like, see, that, that's sense. the part of me that feels so quintessentially, like, Carson's Tonight Show that I did yeah, like. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah, just yeah. want to get to that. They want to get to their trademark sign-off in song or whatever. Yeah. But I hear you. I don't know. Uh, news is reporting about. They're also reporting that, like, in the wake of this, riots have broken out across Gotham. Like, you know, people have taken the streets, the, you know, eat your rich kind of thing. Uh, from there, we see the pandemonium in the Gotham streets, and we have uh, Joker being driven off by the police. Uh, his, you know, head p- pressed to the glass as he watches anarchy unfold uh, at his dispo, uh, you know, that he's caused. Um, obviously, as we've talked about him, uh, there, chief among this is um, the Waynes uh, leaving the theater after seeing uh, uh, Zorro. 
and finding you know gotham in complete disarray and then deciding to go down this alley which is where one of the joker dude in the joker mask or clown mask sees them go follows it down there and rather than it be a robbery it is a hey wayne like he knows exactly who this is he knows exactly what's happening he's not here for a crime of opportunity he's here for well i guess it is a crime of opportunity but it's a crime of passion right of like this is very much in line with what has been bubbling here the poor versus the rich the have versus the have-nots and to see the mayoral candidate here this man who has called people clowns called you a clown on there that's what this i assume joe chill does and it kills him then still yanks the pearls from martha and i couldn't believe it come on we didn't need the pearls can we stop i never need to see martha wayne's pearls again period (laughs) i never need the pearls the pearls are the cornerstone of the dceu I didn't say I didn't say I don't I want them erased from memory. I hope that, you know, in Justice League Snyder Cut, we get 10 minutes of them. New falling. Angles. Yeah. yeah, exactly. While Screen Junkie XL or whatever the fuck that DJ's name is. Screen, <laughs> Screen <laughs> Junkie XL. <laughs> What's his name? I can't remember. Junkie, it's a, I think it's Junkie XL. Yeah. <laughs> Junkie Funky Bar XL. Junkie XL. <laughs> Junkie XL, sorry. Uh, uh, so that, that, that all happens. And then, yeah, so then they're driving and then bam, an ambulance hits the cop car. Oh, the Joker starts laughing. They're like, shut up. The ambulance hits the cop car. Uh, these guys in clown masks come around they look in it is the joker they pull him out they put him on top of the hood of the car um and are arcing the streets unfolds around him of course uh uh he eventually wakes up i'm you know getting i'm moving at a pace here uh he got he he stands up on the car everybody gathers around him he kind of realizes what's going on he realizes he's bleeding he does his own blood grin uh there and kind of does another dance in front of everybody around him uh from there, then it's in back into Arkham, uh, where he's being interviewed by a different doctor now, or therapist, uh, and he does the thing we were talking about earlier, where he laughs, and she's like, "What are you laughing at?" And he's like, you, "It's a joke. You wouldn't get it." Uh, and they do the flash to uh, Bruce in Crime Alley with uh, the Waynes at his feet. Um, then they come back and they start up the la- that's life song, right? And uh, it's you know J- Arthur slash Joker walking down the hallway with his bloody footprints, dancing again all by himself. Uh, he gets to the end of the hallway, does a little move, then uh, he gets chased by guards one way, and then he runs back, getting chased the other way, and the the end screen pops up. That's it. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just like so many of you did to write your reviews in haiku form. We got this one from Ignacio Rojas. The movie has some interesting concepts, but fails to execute. Zade Wilson says, costumes, high on style. Music, went the extra mile. Makes me want to smile. Uh-huh. That one. Uh-huh. Blackjack, mental health decline. The system left him behind. Chaos, Joker dines. I don't know if that's my favorite one. Blackjack, I expect more from you. Wow. I, I, I think Dang, it's so good. Bro. Speaking yeah. of which, Tim, about a three out of ten segue today, but let's keep on going. To the, Damn. the, the six and no, to the no, ad. To the oh, ad. ad. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? That was like the worst ad. That wasn't even a segue. But it was like, we're talking about some real ass shit. I'm like, I gotta, like, I gotta talk about what, what the golf. Oh my god! There is no segue. We're reading an ad. No, that's why I feel like this one. This one has an asterisk by it. We just, I didn't even bother ranking it either. It's Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Yeah, let's just Thank go you, with Nick. it. 
Let's just roll with it. Give Tim a pass, everyone. Andy, give Tim a pass. man. Ragu bagu me, please. Ragu. 9.2 out of 10. Oh, pass. Okay, there it is. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast. We rank the villains of the Batman in review universe in a segment we call Ragu Roga, Rad Guys Talk Rogues Gallery. You know the host. You know the thing right now. The list stands I love you, like Blackjack. Just say it. Number one, Dark Knight, Joker, and Two Face. Number two, 89 Batman in jo- with the Joker. Uh, number three, Roz and Scarecrow from Begins. Number four, Babe from Rises. <laughs> Remember, whatever I put in and it autocorrects to is how it works. <laughs> number five, Phantasm, Joker and Phantasm. Number six, Batman Returns, Max Penguin and Cat. Number seven, Batman and Robin. Number eight, Batman Forever, Riddler, Two Face. Number nine, Lego Batman, Joker. And number 10, 66, Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, Penguin. Now, where so are we ranking Joker in this one? Is that I mean he's the bad guy of the film, correct? That's I mean even though he's yeah. the protagonist, yeah. But yeah, just make sure, just make are sure, we ranking sure. him as like how? Like, is he like traditionally Joker or like how are we ranking this? I don't know. If I think know either way, I put him in the middle somewhere. They're, they're middle? very they're very loose on Ragu Bagu on how you want to rank. I, You're just ranking bad guys and deciding who you enjoyed most in these films is how I think of it. I'd put him right above Lego Joker Batman. Lego Batman okay. Joker. You'd, that's put, it, it. you'd yeah. put him at number third nine. to last. Yeah, you put him at number nine above Lego Batman Joker. I put him yeah. below Heath. Or like actually, probably right, right below Nicholson probably because I feel like this is just such a unique. Thing. But I mean, again, it's so hard because we're ranking these off of movies that were built to be enjoyed and rewatched, sure. and this is not that movie. Yeah, this movie is not. But you're not supposed to walk out of this movie and go, "I fucking loved that movie." Everyone should go watch that. You're supposed to walk out and go, "Wow, that that's an experience." And like, I was dreading watching this movie again because I, I, it's so much of an emotional commitment. But I found it riveting. I think I, he's his performance alone should rank him high enough on that list. I, I would put him like honestly right below Heath. Not necessarily. I mean, just. Being Joker aside, I just think walking uh, Phoenix was incredible in this movie. Yeah, I think and if his we were ranking alone, acting, like yeah, sure, we should put it high. But like we're you know as a Batman, yeah, but I put I, I mean, I've, I've kept Ragu Bagu to be I've, that. Yeah, I've used long. that as a lot of how I rank in the past. Like for example, Cross fucking hated that actor. <laughs> That's why I had Cross for low. <laughs> you hate him so much; it's crazy, it's terrible, dude, terrible. Yeah, honestly, I think I could. I don't know. I think I can make a case for him being number one, but I'm happy to vote number two and be fine with it. So me, Andy, and Nick say he's number two, so he's number two. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, your new thing is Dark Knight at number one with Joker and Two-Face, number two, Joker from Joker. Tim, where were you going to put him? Pretty low. You said middle of the pack, right? Mid-tier, yeah. Yeah. like Probably like around where Kev was saying, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Uh, Now it's time to rank the Batman movies. Kev, do we have this? Currently number one. The Dark Knight. Number two, Batman Begins. Number three, The Dark Knight Rises. Number four, Batman 89. Number five, Lego Batman. Number six, Mask of the Phantasm. Number seven, Batman Returns. Number eight, Batman Forever. Number nine, Batman and Robin. Number 10, Batman 66. And number 12, Catwoman. It gets, it gets me every time. I would, yeah. put, uh, I would put this below Lego Batman. I think the performances kind of carry this movie and there's not a whole lot else here that i super loved i i like the movie i think it's fine i think it's serviceable and for me what i think makes it a better movie in my opinion is just that the fact that walking phoenix is so damn good in it but i didn't like 
I didn't love a lot of the movie. I'll say that. I would put this at number 11. This is hardly wow. a Batman movie. And, uh, it, you know, it's just what it does for the, the mythos. You know, like there's it's it's interesting. I, I wish we had more, but also. I just I feel like it's going to be half assed if it gets ever made. So I, I don't know. This just is. I don't like it that much. I think I'm with Andy. Debatably, I would put it under Mask of Phantasm, but I think at the end of the day, I put it above Mask of Phantasm under Lego Batman, where the idea of this was great. I think the execution was fine. It it didn't hit the highs that I was looking for, for how grounded and how real the story is presented. Like, I don't think this thing does anything too unique. And if it does anything unique, I don't think that it uh, really executes it perfectly in a way that we've seen before with the more grounded Batman story. Like I watched Batman Begins. I'm just like, I can't believe a movie about Batman is this. I watched this. I'm like, I can believe a movie about Joker is this. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, I'm, I'm sort of the opposite where like I, well, actually I, I agree with you and I see that at that perspective. So I think I'm of two minds on this where I think as a Batman movie that fits in this list, it should be lower on the list as a general movie that tries to do something different. I think it does accomplish it. And I think, it does help elevate the genre, in my opinion. Although I don't, if you were to say, hey, every comic book movie needs to be this, I would vehemently disagree with you. So to me, I look at this top five that we have here, and to each one of these kind of does something different for the genre, which I really respect. Um, and I know we had some mixed feelings on Lego Batman last week as well, but for me, Lego Batman is what the genre can be if it's complete farcical crazy comedy with a lot of self-references or like self-references self, you know, and, and uh, self-awareness. Um, 89 is like the beginning of it all, right? Dark Knight is where it, <laughs> just the near miss. Batman Begins is great. And obviously the Dark Knight, excuse me, Dark Knight Rises is near miss. Dark Knight is obviously like great. I would love to put this at number two, um, but I feel like if, if, if we're ranking it on the scale of like a DC Batman movie to me, it probably needs to go either above or below Lego Batman, probably right below Lego Batman for me. Yeah. For me, it's that class. Like I, you know, I, in review, we always, again, have a, a, a similar ragu, right? Where I think uh, it depends how, how we're ranking it, why we're ranking it and what you're doing. And like, yeah, are we judging them based on Batman films? Then obviously then yeah, it's a Joker film. It's not a Batman film, but I think, for the argument in Gotham and whatever we're doing here and the mythos, like it's a classic interview problem where I don't think it's better than I, I think it's better I, than yeah. Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> but I don't want to put it that high on the list. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's my, that's my thing is like, you know, I don't like Dark Knight Rises. So I would immediately put it above Dark Knight Rises at number three, but th- then it becomes a conversation of how do I, which do I, wh- which feeling do I feel more not liking Dark Knight Rises or liking Batman 89? Cause yeah, I wouldn't put it in front of Batman 89. So I guess I would put it below Batman 89 above Lego Batman. So at number five for me. So let's do the voting. Okay. Is it better than Mask of the Phantasm? Raise your hand. Everyone except Kev. Is it better than Lego Batman? Raise your hand. I'd say it is. Uh, just Nick and Greg, which means that the ranking is number one, The Dark Knight. Number two, Batman Begins. Number three, Dark Knight Rises. Number four, Batman 89. Number five, Lego Batman. Number six, Joker. Number seven, Mask of the Phantasm. Number eight, Batman Returns. Number nine, Batman Forever. Number 10, Batman and Robin. Number 11, Batman 66. And finally, number 12, Catwoman. That is the complete list so far of theatrically released Batman movies. Of course, we will return when the Batman finally comes out. But before that, next week, 
we're going to return with a Batman in review, in review, where all of us will come with our own lists. We'll go through all of the different podcasts within a podcast. We're going to have a, a lot of fun. Gonzo it's going to be, Gordo. yeah, Gonzo for Gordo, baby. Like, get get hyped, get excited, I guess. You know what I mean? You're going to get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, then after that, we will return after the Thanksgiving break with Karate Kid in review which will take us through the rest of the year. Uh, we're also going to take a little pit stop in Nolan land for Tenet on December 15th when it comes out. But besides that, we are doing Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2, Karate Kid 3, next Karate Kid, and then Cobra Kai Season 1 will be its own interview, Cobra Kai Season 2, and then Cobra Kai Season 3 when it comes out in early January. Um, Nick, how do you feel about that? Oh, God, I can't wait. I, this, is, this, is, this is my dream, and you're all this making is- it come true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until next time. Same bad time, same bad channel, everyone. Yes, baby! It's back next week! <laughs>